awesome. All right. Welcome, everybody, back to episode number 10 of the Off the Rails podcast with Tone and Gems. I'm Tone. That over there is Gems, if you're watching. I just pointed at him. Um, and we have a special guest with us today, which if you download this podcast, you already know who it is, but I'm going to go through the intro anyway because it's very polite to do so. Um, we have a awesome musician who tours nationally, um, has had songs on Cougar Town, Private Practice, Life Unexpected, and, of course, Grey's Anatomy. Um was signed to F-Stop Records, which was a division of Atlantic, and now does independent music and releases his own uh, incredible records, one of my favorite records of 2016, American Wilderness. Uh, Mr. Matt Hires, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on your show. Uh, thank you, man. I did just miss the part where I was going to say, you live in Nashville, but you're from Tampa, so mm -hmm. get that out of the way there. Yeah. <laughs> so so uh, I guess to start things, I know... Um, from listening to a few other podcasts and just kind of knowing your backstory. Uh, you're from Tampa. You lived there your entire life until you moved to Nashville? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I was born in Orlando, but um, moved to Tampa when I was like two and moved to Nashville when I was 29. So nice, nice, nice. That's a, that's a, that's a long time to be in one spot for me. Like I was a military brat, so we moved uh -huh. around all the time. So like, I think gems has pretty much lived in, the area for so so it's a very very interesting dynamic it's kind of always what i wanted i was like i was envious of you guys like i was like uh -huh. wish i had like my friends from like a, when i was like two years old that'd be so cool but then it's weird because i ended up marrying my uh seventh grade girlfriend which is kind of weird so um, i married she wasn't my eighth grade girlfriend but my wife i've, I've known my wife since eighth grade so. yeah <laughs> so so it's, it's an interesting dynamic when you know yeah. know somebody uh of course me and my wife were military brats so we we moved so like we we got out of touch and and uh we both were married and then we both got divorced and then we we found our way back to each other somehow yeah. so, it's, so it's a crazy story but uh when you know somebody when they're little it's like weird to see them as like a full functioning adult especially yeah. when you especially when you've made a full functioning adult together then you're like mm -hmm. or not a full functioning adult but like a you've made a human with that person and you're like <laughs> holy moly like <laughs> It's crazy. And now I'm to the point where like my old, our oldest daughters are 12 and 13 and that's when me and my wife met. So now we're like, Holy moly. That's, yeah. It's like this weird, weird circle. But, um, so, um, what, I guess, uh, what spurred the move to, to uh, Nashville for you? That's that you've been in one place for so long. Yeah. I mean, honestly, my wife and I, she had lived in Tampa her whole life too. And we just kind of wanted to change. We had a bunch of friends who, had moved to um, to Nashville around the same time. And actually my good friend, um, Kyle Cox, who's another um, musician and artist, we tour a lot together, but he had been visiting his sister in DC and flown back and had to get on like a, a standby flight that he lived in Orlando and he had to fly into Tampa. And um, so we picked him up from the airport and while he waited for his wife to come get him from Orlando, and we, I had an Olive Garden gift card, so we went to Olive Garden for dinner. Got that um, all-you-can-eat soup salad and breadsticks. And he talked us into moving to Nashville because he and his wife were about to move there. So that's kind of <laughs> hard to have. I, I, having been a person who lived in one place for most of my life, I highly recommend moving somewhere new. It's um, it's exciting. It's kind of an adventure. I mean, we've been here like pretty much six years now, so it's it's home, but um. Yeah, there's something exciting about moving somewhere new. Heck yeah. Yeah, the only place I, I lived in Illinois for like 
a year and a half in college, but yeah, right. I've only been in Indiana. Me and my wife have talked about wanting to move somewhere, but it's just, yeah. I have a good job here, so it's tough to yeah. do it. But, yeah, but, yeah, that was another thing where it kind of worked out, timing worked out where my wife was able to get like a better job up here. It made sense for me since I play music. And like I said, we had a bunch of other friends that moved here. So it was sort of like um, the perfect storm of, of good things that brought us to Nashville. <laughs> I mean, we're hoping this podcast blows up so we can relocate somewhere. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we're, we've, so we've talked about, we talk about all the time. We're like, man, we get enough money. We're just building a giant warehouse and we're just going to do everything out of there and just live in the middle of nowhere probably. Cause you can do what we, I mean, we've, we've been doing this like video thing for a while. Um, mm -hmm. But like, I mean, through various podcasts and we have friends that do podcasts. So like, they're all scattered throughout the country. So like, it's kind of a necessity. We're not like, like, Hey, let's go take a flight to Wisconsin so we could be on this guy's podcast, like that kind of thing. So, so, uh, or like, you know, you, like when touring is available as an option, like being in a city and then having to do, go do something. So, um, so yeah, so it, it seems like a, seems like a, a fun thing to do though, is just be in different spots and locations and stuff. Um, but yeah, as moving all the time, it's like, it's, it, I always just wanted the opposite. I was like, I'm sure. yeah, I'm sure that would be difficult. Uh, I mean, as far as touring, living in Nashville has been, great for me because i mean it's a long a long drive out of florida to get to everywhere in the rest of the country so <laughs> nice things that are more centrally located <laughs> yeah yeah we actually ironically enough our last podcast we just did uh ryan Neemiller, he he was located in uh indiana that's where he started and mm -hmm. he gave his sales pitch of why it made sense to live in the midwest he's like yeah, you can just tour everywhere you can go north yeah. south east west <laughs> like so <laughs> Yeah, I can get like to Texas pretty easily. I can get to the southeast, northeast, Midwest. The only stretch is to get out to where you're at in Colorado and stuff. But yeah, yeah. Even then, like I used to when I lived in Tampa for a while, my backing band that played with me on tour, they lived in Denver. So yeah. I made that Tampa to Denver drive too many times. I would do it in two days and it sucked. It was such a haul. It's brutal. It's brutal. That's, I drove when I moved here. I drove from Virginia Beach to mm. uh, to Colorado with yeah. a five with a five year old. Um, and so yeah, it was, it was brutal. Made it broke it up into three days. I stopped in Nashville. Um, uh -huh. Didn't get to see anything going on in Nashville because I had a five year old with me. Yeah. Um, and, and then uh, and then I went to uh, stopped in Joplin, Missouri, and uh, to see a buddy who actually lives in Nashville now. What are you doing, bud? I want to hang out. <laughs> we, this, is, this is the kind of podcast we run, Matt. Sometimes we get visitors. Sometimes like it's like it's, it's like Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. Sometimes yeah. people just kind of show up at the door. Um, but uh, yeah, so so I stopped in Joplin, Missouri, buddy who actually lives in, in uh, Nashville now, and then uh, then straight to Colorado. Kansas is a boring ass drive. It is. Gosh, <laughs> Kansas and Eastern Colorado. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very very that's boring. What, that's what podcasts are for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's as part of the reason I fell in love. I found podcasts about like right before I moved out here, which was 2000. It was actually the end of 2012. Actually, about about a week from now, it'll be uh, eight eight years that I moved out here. Um, and uh, yeah, it was. Thank God I had podcasts because it was. It, you, you can only listen to so much of the same. I'm a I'm a music fan who loves. I'll I'll burn a, I'll burn a song out. I'll burn a burn a record out. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, so uh, yeah, podcasts. <laughs> Gotta love them. I'm gonna I'm gonna be a bouncer and I'm gonna eject this little man from his room. Okay. Uh, but uh, gems, if you have any any uh, questions, go shoot it. Shoot it. <laughs> so you've been in Nashville six years. 
I, you're kind of like folky, I guess. Is mm -hmm. that how you describe your music? Yeah. Maybe? Is totally. there, are you, do you do any country stuff too? Or is that just like Nashville is a place for all music? No. Yeah. I mean, Nashville has definitely become more of a place for all music. I would say um, country and Christian are like the main, all like the huge music coming out of Nashville. It's mostly that stuff, but um, there's tons of artists from all over. Honestly, like a lot of artists from, like New York and Los Angeles and stuff have moved here just because it's so expensive to live in those other places. But we had Jim Shear on a couple weeks ago. He was an MTV two VJ and hosted the VH1 Top Twenty Countdown, and okay. he was telling us a story. And I'm pretty sure it was Nashville. Tone can probably uh, confirm this, but uh, he said that somebody was telling him a story that walking down the street in Nashville, he saw like Newfound Glory, Yellow Card, and Chris Carabo. Yeah, yeah. Jim, she Jim Shear. I don't, I don't, it was, uh, yeah, he, uh, he was saying, because uh, I'm a, actually, I'm wearing a dashboard shirt now. I have a dashboard oh, yeah. shirt on. Wait, um, let me see that shirt. I may have owned that at some point. It's the Shade of Poison Trees one. Oh, no. It looked kind of like one that I had. <laughs> I, I, I have another, I have like, uh, I'll get into it, but I have like uh, maybe like 40 dashboard shirts. So, wow. so I probably have that shirt that you're thinking of. Um, but yeah, yeah. So, so we were talking to Jim Shear and he was like, he asked me who my favorite band was. And I said, uh, dashboard. And uh, he was like, uh, he's like, yeah, he's like, Chris Grabble told me a story recently about how it, yeah, it was in, in Nashville, him, uh, dashboard, newfound glory and yellow card were some street corner. Yeah. Someone, someone from that era was like, he's like someone who would appreciate it. Like, walked by kind of double took and was like, nah, I can't be them. I just kept walking. Like, yeah. I, I've actually seen, I've, I, I knew like some of the newfound glory guys lived here. Um, I've never seen any of them. I've seen Haley Williams from Paramore twice. Yeah. Um, and I love it. She's from Franklin though. Yes. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I went to a tiny um, dashboard show once that was like, I forget you had to do something. I forget how you had to get tickets, but it was like tough to get tickets. It was at midnight at this little venue called the basement here. And he played acoustic songs for like 45 minutes. It was great. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, he's an uh, interesting guy. Actually that, that leads perfectly. I don't, I don't know what you guys were talking about while I was gone, but so I have a, I have a dashboard tattoo. I okay. have a, I have a, uh, I have the lyrics, the first verse of a, of a Carter Holsey song. He's my buddy that lives in Nashville. You, I don't know if you guys run around here. I know he plays all around. Okay. I don't know, but um, he's, uh, he's done some things. He's, he was actually on. Um, do you know the band Never Shout Never? I, I know of them. I don't so, know. so he did a lot of opening for them. Him and Chris, him and Chris Drew were uh, uh, kindergarten friends in cool. Joplin. So, um, so yeah, he, he lives there, and um, I actually. Um, one, I know you have tattoos. I know you're pretty tatted up on the, the one side. Yeah. Um, do you have any music tattoos or anything like that? I know you're a pretty big music fan. That seems like something that might I, be. Uh... I, I actually don't have any music tattoos. Um, <laughs> I have. I'm trying to think. About, so I've gotten all my tattoos. When I moved from Tampa, I had none. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I got, they're all on my right arm. But yeah, my first was a... Um, a mockingbird and a, like sitting on a magnolia branch okay. because mockingbird is the state bird of both Florida and Tennessee. Oh, so yeah. kind of like soon after we moved, I got that for my 30th birthday. Nice. Um, and, and the magnolia was, we had a giant magnolia tree in the front yard of our house in Tampa. Nice. Um, and then they kind of went from there. I have some, like some of my favorite books as a kid were the, um, the Chronicles of Narnia books. So I have like a, 
a lion and a lamppost and some stuff, but yeah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the lamppost because that's like on the backside of your. Yeah, it's like yeah. you can't really. Look right here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was gonna say. So, uh, my 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 children, my uh-huh. my two daughters, my not the little guy who was just in here causing a ruckus. Um, my daughters who are twelve and thirteen. Their first show was one of your concerts. Awesome. That's so, you said yeah, so, in the the initial message that you sent me asking. Yeah. About you said it was a, when I was opening for Parachute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's kind of like the perfect perfect storm. So like, I was already a huge fan of yours my wife loves parachute and then like our daughters like just because we play a ton of music in the house like they knew they knew both songs so they were like super pumped up because they were like we know all these songs like, was, like which yeah. was it that you saw us in we saw uh, i saw you in denver i think it was at the ogden theater i think it was that, maybe that's wrong but i don't know I, I, <laughs> I, remember right. show. I remember that show specifically because I was, I forget what the shirt said, but I, had, I was wearing, does this sound familiar? A homemade shirt saying something about Peyton Manning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because my, <laughs> on your fantasy team, right? Yeah, because that week, my guitarist and I had made a bet. We were playing each other in fantasy. <laughs> and um, anyways, he had Peyton Manning. It was a week, it was like week one of whatever season that was, the 2013 season. And Peyton Manning threw like six touchdown passes. And I just got destroyed. And I had to wear this t-shirt that, <laughs> yeah I do, I do remember that yeah yeah because yeah that was that was and that would have been exactly right yeah because i was like the first because peyton kind of came he like might as well drove with me because he came out basically at the same time yeah um, mm-hmm. yeah it was, it, it was a while but yeah that was like our daughter's first show so like uh so they they still know all the songs and they're like so they're pu- pretty pumped on like we play it we still play your music quite a bit in this house um we're we're one of those families like my son my son's three and uh, he talks very well. Like he, he speaks a lot, and it's mostly people are like, "Why does he speak so much?" We're like, "Well, he listens to a lot of music. He, he knows he knows words, and then he just uses them." Like it's like that's because yeah. we're, we're not doing anything special with him. Like it's just we play, and he knows that if he wants to play a song, he has to like we have a Google Home. He'll ask a Google Home like, "Hey Google, can you play blah blah?" And then it'll just play for him, and he'll and so it's like it's it's very interesting. I was just playing him actually. Uh, um, I, was, I was playing American Wilderness like probably like two days ago, and awesome. just while I was while I was doing um, uh, chores around the house, and like he was just like I, I noticed him like he didn't know know any of the words, but he was just like you could tell he was like <laughs> listening. I was like, oh sweet, that's cool. <laughs> that's really cool. So that's the thing I love about music, uh, and I know you, I know you have you have a uh, a little one. Is the music a big thing for you guys in your household? Or um, yeah, yeah, he's our son is two and a half. Um, he hasn't quite figured out how to ask the Google home <laughs> yet. But I say have, keep, keep it for as long as possible because <laughs> it, it does get a little annoying. To I mean, currently it's Jingle Bells. He yeah. wants to hear like every single version of Jingle Bells <laughs> ever made. Um, and his his favorite before that was uh, the song "This Is Halloween." The night right before Christmas, but not the his favorite version was the Marilyn Manson version of the nice, nice. <laughs> which actually is pretty good. <laughs> he kind of he kind of nailed it. <laughs> that's actually that's actually super hilarious. Um, that not to go. This is how we go off track. But uh, <laughs> um, so is Ma- Marilyn Manson's from Florida? Is he from? He's oh. from South Florida. I actually didn't know that he was from Florida. So I knew that, that we have we have um, Creed and Limp Biscuit. 
<laughs> that is true. And Tom uh, Petty. We have, we have some. some uh, yeah, you're like, yeah, we also have Tom Petty. No, 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 that's great. That's great. Um, you got Burt Kreischer too. I know Burt Kreischer's Florida. Uh, he's a comedian, but uh, but uh, I was listening to actually. I think it was a uh, yeah. It was Chris Caraba, and Chris Caraba was talking about how he bought his first for his first record when he when he went and he was gonna buy like I think it was like Princess Purple Rain and the the clerk uh talked him into buying Fugazi and the yeah. and the guy was like man is like it'd be real cool if you could find that clerk and he's like well no I know who it is it was it's Marilyn Manson Marilyn Manson sold me the record and they were like he was like really and he's like yeah and he looked like Marilyn Manson when he worked really? at the record store like that's it was wild. <laughs> it was like so yeah, that's wild and, and and I know uh uh dashboards South Florida, they were South Florida. Yeah, I got yeah. yeah, Dashboard, Newfound Glory. There was a whole yeah. scene from down there. Further yes. forever. <laughs> Further scene forever is great, great record, mm-hmm. great. I love those, uh, love those records. Um, so uh, I guess uh, uh, that kind of leads a little bit. We'll, we'll get into to your music. So for me, because uh, I, I I'm a giant music nerd, and I know like a lot of people will be like, uh, you sound like X, Y, and Z, but yeah. for me, you have a very unique sound. It's it's very I, I might use the wrong word, but like it's very Americana y, like because it's very like you can hear the stripped downness yeah. of it, like and like your voice is very like that, but it's also has a sort of electronic tone to it. Your music does, and yeah, so some like <laughs> it remind it reminds me, and I don't know if you're a fan. It reminds me of if uh, Bright Eyes is. It's Wide Awake this morning, and uh, Digital Ash and Digital Earn were like smashed together. Okay, I like that. So I don't know if that if you've ever heard that, but that's I that I do get Bright Eyes comparisons yeah. sometimes. I think because of the way that I sing, I have that like yeah. vibrato, yeah, kind of voice that um, Conor kind of has too. <laughs> yeah, you're. I, started, I used to get compared to um, when I was younger. I was compared to I'm trying to remember his name, the County Crow singer. Oh, uh, Adam Duritz. Adam, Adam Duritz. And then now it's more um, like um, Bright Eyes and um, sometimes Michael Stipe. I can see that. Really yeah. Here, yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's a interesting. Yeah, that, I was like, I was like, and I love Bright Eyes, so that's a magic. Yeah, same. Bit, so. so, and, uh, but like, it also, like, I don't know, it's like weird because you don't really have a, you, you're like one of those artists that you don't have a home for me. Like, it's not like, like, you know, like you can take a rec, take like this artist and they're like in that category, they're yeah. in this category, but you kind of like, you're a, you're a mix of a ton of different things. So like if I were, I, as I had equated, if I had to explain to somebody who doesn't know you, like if you put on like five different Pandora stations and, <laughs> and then like you could easily pop up on all five of those Pandora stations. Yeah. I mean, I've always, I didn't know if it was just because I'm close to my own music, but I've always had a hard time when people ask, like, what does your music sound like? Like, <laughs> something like, uh, kind of folky, kind of a little alternative, but kind of pop, too. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. It says it's, nothing, basically. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's got music. Yeah, and it's, uh, yeah I, don't, uh, I mean, I like a lot of different kinds of music, so maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, uh, and this will be the, this will be the last overtly like crazy compliment I give you. No, I'll probably, I'll probably give you more, but like, um, part of the reason why I love your catalog of music is like most, most artists, there's very few artists that I, I know that I like where I'm like this, usually it's like they have one big record and like most of their stuff comes off that. And then like, you might have like a few other ones sprinkled Mm -hmm. out. 
if I were to put together like a greatest hits of Matt Hires, like it would be pretty well represented off of most of your records. Like, mm-hmm. so like, and it's like, it's a good compliment. <laughs> like, 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 I don't think of, it's like a backhanded compliment. Cause it's like, I don't think of one record when I think of you, like I think of like your entire work because it's like, you have so many good songs on each record that it's like, uh, I could go to either, I could put in any of your records and be like, I'm going to listen to this thing for a while right now. Like, so I appreciate that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And uh, and one of my favorite records though is um, and I always forget the it has it's the it has the the, a lyric for the title of the record. It's my it's I know which one you're trying to come up Uh, with. Wishing on dead, wishing on dead stars. Yes. Well, the lyrics from that I I gave this album the most (laughs) notably long title. So you. I knew the title of the record. I didn't know the name, title of the song. I was oh, like, gotcha. yeah, but the, the record is the <laughs> last forever, but tonight we can pretend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's from but, Dead Stars, yeah. But I, I love that song. It reminds me of uh, Billy Joel's We Didn't Start the Fire. Okay, that was kind of what we're... Okay. We were I wrote it with a friend of mine um, who's... Do you know the band The Damwells? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Alex D is in from The Damwells. We actually wrote a handful of songs on that record together. Nice. Um, but when we were going into writing that song, we're like, let's try to write something that's like, we didn't start the fire, but for people who grew up in the nineties. <laughs> yeah. And it's exactly that. It's yeah. like literally like, I'm like, man, this is like, flashback. It, it, it kind of, um, the song kind of comes to a head at, um, literally on at the, the new years of like Y2K. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And it's so weird too, because it's like, a. um, that song I was listening to it the other day. I listened to it a lot, but uh, I was listening to it the other day just in in preparation for this. And uh, it's it's actually really like uh, kind of spot on for how it feels now. Like, too. Mm-hmm. Like if you you're like you're like you're like the part where you uh, you know you put turn an artificial light on in a digital city. I'm like that's what we're doing like now basically. Like I watch my kids do e-learning. I watch like and I know it's like kind yeah. of meant sort of like. Uh, I feels like it at the time when I heard it the first time, it was felt more like a commentary on the music industry. But like it was, it was more of like uh, um, talking about the in going through the '90s, talking about kind of the mainstream, um, like dawn of the internet, basically. Yeah. Um, and now it's like it feels like so spot on. You're like, yeah. okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so that's what, that's that's probably if I had to pick one song, that's probably my favorite song, just because. I, I I enjoy I I also am a huge Billy Joel fan, so it's nice. I appreciate that. I so th- that last verse that talks about Y2K. I'm trying to remember how it goes, I can't even remember my own lyric. Um, <laughs> we I cut out the lights on the night of Y2K, so I could hold you close and say it's not the end. Um, yeah. That actually came from what ac- my actual New Year's Eve Y2K experience. I was in Fort Lauderdale at my friend's house, and his parents were having. Uh, New Year's Eve party, and everybody was worried about Y2K and stuff. His parents actually, I had forgotten this until just now, they were always like um, figuring out interesting ways of making money. And I remember they were selling like Y2K merch, like <laughs> and t-shirts and stuff. So it was awesome. a big thing in their mind. And so we go outside to like the main breaker box and we wait, we hear them counting down um to midnight and then at midnight we flipped it <laughs> we thought something had happened but then i think it took 
probably less than half a minute, um, people realized that like houses, all the other houses on the street had cars. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Though. That's, that's a, yeah, I, it is so funny because like uh, those those little like lyrical like uh things that like you can like add in it's like it, the story is, is really good i suggest anybody who's who's listening to this who may not know who you are uh or haven't been very you definitely you definitely heard matt hires because if you've been in any grocery store like you've definitely heard matt hires i personally never hear my songs in home depot but everyone's constantly playing <laughs> which is weird because i feel like i'm in home depot all the time but yeah well so I, so I can't say what I do for a living. I deliver things. I'm a vendor for, yeah. so I'm in, I'm in grocery stores a lot. Uh, I hear constantly, uh, honey, let me sing a song and uh, restless heart all the time. Really? Yeah. Usually, all the time. usually when people say they have heard one of my songs out, it's typically honey, let me sing you a song, but yeah, I hear restless heart a lot though, actually, to be honest with you. Oh, nice. It's weird. How does that That's work when you get on these like grocery stores or like, big box store like soundtracks because it's just like this weird like i remember working at a retail store at uh-huh. outlet mall and we just had this like box in the back that played music I mean, yeah so there's like these music playlists and there's these different companies that just make playlists for stores um and when i was on atlantic they had somebody that would get my music and all those so you, that's why you wouldn't hear anything from like american wilderness or anything i've released independently on um on one of those playlists, probably, but <laughs> you should though. It's a, that's a, it's a that's my that's my favorite that's my favorite record of yours, like to, as a whole. Like, thank you. I, yeah, my favorite that I made. It's it, it's definitely like uh, uh, it's very it's a very interesting like uh, from start to finish. You're just like man, like you're like I, and some of them I uh, I'm terrible with names of songs. I just I'm like oh track seven that. Um, because yeah. <laughs> no, I'm still CD guy or whatever. But uh, um, a holy war and um, uh, there's another one. I wrote it down because I'm I knew I was gonna I was gonna screw it up. <laughs> uh, Glory bound, Glory bound yeah. is like another like those uh, those some of those records are like me. I'm like this song should have been huge. Like it's it's uh it's got like the right like it's got a good rhythm. It's got a good good cadence there's what's be the the material is actually like of value which uh, you know it's like i think when people like uh um like dig into that record and the way i perceive that record i i guess is like my own thing and it's like something i've struggled with in my own is like uh, i'm a spiritual spiritual person and some of it is very obviously open not open-ended but it's like it's a little bit more peel back the curtain it seems like a a religious type record sort of yeah for sure i um so i grew up my dad was a pastor i very grew up much grew up in um like evangelical christianity um and a lot that record for me was like my deconstructing record um i had i started writing it pretty much like right when i moved to nashville i think part, that had something to do with it just like being in a new place and kind of like re-examining my whole life um, led me to kind of re-examining the the faith that I've been given, and um, so that I'll, yeah, most of that record is kind of wrestling with stuff, especially like Holy War, the two songs yeah. mentioned, Holy War and Glory Bound. Yeah, which I why part of the reason I like them because it's like yeah, I I don't think I've ever really heard um like that kind of sort of candidness of it, like of like you can like kind of 
like go along with the journey, especially like if you've been in that situation. Like, I mean, I've struggled with my religion for a long time, um, moving around. I have, I have, uh, aunts and uncles that have, that have worked in the church. And then like, also like we, my family wasn't really like church goers, but then like, (laughs) we were at certain points, but then we weren't. And then like, it's very, very strange. And then my, my wife is, is uh, but she even, even her, she struggles with like what she believes. It's like, we went to a mega church and then it's like, then we, so it's like, we've had the whole experience. So it's like, yeah. I, I definitely like, it feel like the, you're like, okay, there's something, but like, why are we so close-minded about it? <laughs> like, there's like this. Yeah. And that's the thing I struggle with. I think most is like uh, the close-mindedness of some of the, those kind of places is like, mm-hmm. I've, I'm like, I just want to be a good person and love people. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's kind of how, to me, like, the, the, that record is kind of a journey. Like, you go through <clears throat> all this stuff, and then the last song on the album is called Don't Let Your Heart Grow Cold. And it's kind of like the landing point of the album, I feel like. Um, basically about, like, don't let your heart grow cold. Don't continue to be, like, continue to open your heart up and be a good and loving human being. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, I absolutely love it. That's what it's, it's literally, it's like, a, it's, a, I mean, it's, a, and you just write really good, catchy songs, to be honest with you. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I know, like, that's probably the goal, but like, it's like, they're just all so like, like, you're like, and I think that's why, like the comment I gave earlier, like there's so many good songs. It's like, it's almost like, uh, like in the old days, you know, like if you release a record and like you had maybe three singles, right? It was mm-hmm. like, okay, we're going to give you three singles. But then like, there's albums that are like some of my favorite albums where I'm like, there's like 10 singles on this thing. Yeah. Like that's what most of your records feel like. I'm like, this could have easily been released. That could have been released. Like what, what are we doing? Um, so yeah. So like, and I, and I just, I really love like the, the, the lyrical side of it. I'm a big lyrics person too. Like that's like my, my, my big thing. Um, and, uh, the other one I was, I wanted to hit on was, um, uh, uh, when I was young, I, that's like my mm-hmm. other favorite, favorite song off, off your second album. Um, and then, uh, there's always been a, a lyric and I think recently I figured out what it was, but, um, <laughs> it's the, and now I'm going to blank the lyric, but it's, uh, uh, like you, it's the part where you say, I, I put down my, at 17, I put down my gun, that part. Yeah. So this guitar in the trenches. Um, I always found that as an interesting line, and I think I know why it's it's a line now. But you, uh, at one point, thought you were going to go to military school, correct? Yeah. So that was kind of a plan out of, um, out of high school. I wanted to go to West Point. Um, and I met, like, a bunch of qualifications, but I was homeschooled, and they really want to know, like, where – where you are in your class. I'm like, I don't know. It's just me and my brother. <laughs> You're like, I'm number one. My brother's, my brother's the dumb one. <laughs> um, so the plan was I was going to go to, um, there was a, a, a military prep school in Alabama. I was going to go to, I was going to go there for a year and then go to West Point. Um, and I, so b- before going to, this prep school in Alabama, we, I think we, we went there for like two weeks and they had like their own sort of like mini boot camp kind of thing. And then we went to, um, uh, ROTC boot camp in, um, Fort Knox. Yeah. It was like a month and a half. Um, so I think it was like two months total or something like that. And I realized very early on, like, Oh shit, this is not for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> 
I I finished it just because I knew like well one I wanted to do it for myself to make sure like because I put so much time and energy I mean it's everything that goes into trying to get into West Point is a lot. Um, yeah. And so I didn't want to just in like week one, throw in the towel. So I did the whole thing and still by the end was like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm <laughs> <laughs> like, still not for me. Still not yeah. So, I, I mean, I still like, it, it was a good experience looking back. It, it's, it was good having had gone through that. Um, <laughs> But definitely um, glad that I made that pivot. And I mean, I, it was one of the hardest decisions I had to make because like my whole family and like church community and everything had been so like behind me and supportive of like me going to West Point and being that kind of that being my life. Um, and it is like like that's your life once you do that. Yeah. And you're like, I was planning on being like career military and stuff like that. And then when you make a 180 degree turn, um, in a way, is it a way it kind of felt like I let everybody down. So it was like a real, real tough decision to have to make. But um, looking back now, I definitely think it was the right one for me. Yeah, that's that's something I think about sometimes. I know Jim's probably has a question, but like, so my dad was 30 years military. Wow. I'm 37 now, and mm -hmm. I think about it. I thought about it. We have a me and my wife are at the same age, but like we have a friend who's like maybe two years younger than us. And like, I'm like, she's about to retire in three years, like in 20 years. And I'm like, I think about this. I'm like, man, I was like, had that been the route I chose? Like I don't be, I, be, I could almost be retired. Like it'd be like the thing. It's like this weird, like, but it is like, it's a career. Like it's like my dad did it. Cause he was one of like 11 kids. And he was like, no one else was getting out. He was like, you know what? It's like, I gotta do that. I gotta do something. And uh, it allowed him to see the world and we lived yeah. all over. And like, I think he's, he's the, he's clearly the most put together of his siblings. Like, and like, he's definitely like made something of himself. And it's like one of those like weird things where you're like, it was for him, but it wasn't like my dad yeah. specifically when I was 18, I was a good baseball player. Uh, me and Jems were both big baseball players. Um, but uh, we, uh, my dad was like, I was like, ah, man, maybe I don't know. Like I had this like hair, same hair. I was like, man, maybe I'll join the military. And like, and my dad was like, I joined the military. So you don't have to join the military. Like, <laughs> and like, it's like, I thought it was like honorable. I was like, you know, what? I was like, you did it. Like, why can't and he was like, no, he's like, I wouldn't have done this if I had other options. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I was like, oh, that makes sense. Like, yeah. So did, uh, <laughs> Was it a surprise for the people like where you grew up? Like, did you grow up playing in the church band and stuff? Like, did they know you were very talented or were they yeah, like, I mean, so I, grew, things? I mean, I didn't really play. I, that was pretty much the extent of what I did was playing the church band. I played bass was my first instrument. I think I started when I was like 15 um, in the church band. So I had played for like three years at that point, but I hadn't really written anything i knew like some guitar so that part like the music thing kind of came later i mean it was a surprise to everyone when i like decided not to do the the military thing but the music thing kind of came a little later from that i had started getting into playing like acoustic guitar more and probably within i would say like two or three months of um, the whole Fort Knox thing, I had probably written my first song sometime in there. So it was something that I, it's still, I mean, at that point, it still wasn't on my radar. Like, oh, this is something I want to do, like, as my thing. Um, 
but I, I had started getting more into like writing and stuff. Which which part do you like? Do you like? I you probably enjoy most of it, but like, do you prefer performing or like if you write like an awesome song, are you like that feels fantastic? Probably that feeling is more like what I love. I yeah, the the performing aspect of it was something that I really had to learn how to do. It wasn't something that came naturally for me. I'm pretty like introverted and can be a little socially awkward sometimes and then like to get in front of people and have to do a thing <laughs> have what you written songs for, what's that have you helped write songs for other people or like or not much like there's people here in nashville where like that's their job um i've done it scotch and songs or whatever it was right what's that? scotch and songs is that what you guys were doing when you first got there so, so yeah, Scotch and Songs, we still do it sometimes, but we're a little less, well, obviously this year we pandemic um, But yeah, it was like a group of songwriters who all of us are friends. We started this this thing where we'd get together. I think we were trying to do it once a month when, we, when I first moved up here, but we'd share a bottle of, I think it was only Scotch the first time and we're like, oh, we're all too poor for this, so let's get a cheaper bourbon. For this. <laughs> but yeah, share a bottle and the the idea was to like not play something that was fully polished and complete, but to play something that was maybe like three quarters done or like you would just finish writing that day and was still, still had some rough spots and we'd like, you'd play the song and everyone kind of like talk about it and stuff. And it was super encouraging and helpful. And um, yeah, the whole American wilderness record, um, everybody at scotch and songs heard it first <laughs> nice has anybody else from that uh group like blown up with anything or is there any like anybody we would know from that um i mean not i wouldn't say like blown up everybody in the group is pretty like blue collar musician kind of level um there my buddy um has a project called volunteer he does pretty well um he, to he toured with you on the american wilderness yeah tour, right? uh, yeah, that was a fun tour. So for that run, um, like I said, bass was my first instrument. And so the whole, so Corey's project volunteer, it's really just him, but he goes by volunteer. Um, so our other friends, Brian, who plays drums and Randy, who produced American Wilderness, but he kind of plays a little bit of everything. The two of them and me and Corey were the band for both sets. I would play bass with him for for the volunteer set and then he would play bass with me for my set so it was like the same four guys on stage for, uh, <laughs> for the volunteer really cool, set and for the Matt Hire set so it was a super fun tour though and it, sa it saves uh saves teardown time right yeah that and it, <laughs> we, all, it, we were able to get all our gear in the the tour van and we only had to we could share gas and all that stuff so. that's, that's super cool <laughs> yeah that's that. That's the, that's the whole do do it yourself spirit. That's the, that's a pretty yeah, awesome part, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I, I do want to jump back a little bit because I find it uh, incredibly interesting. But uh, uh, you were, and we just had it. We just had this same exact thing uh, on our last podcast mentioned. Uh, you were discovered on MySpace. Yes, in two thousand two thousand seven. Yeah, yeah. So um, you know, MySpace. <laughs> uh, good, good yeah, so I had been I had been in a band for a while and. Um, Tampa. We really only played like Tampa and Orlando. Um, and we had, we were, we had fired our bassist and we were kind of weren't sure what was going on. And I had some stuff up on 
uh, my MySpace page. And randomly somebody from Atlantic Records heard it. It was a dude who you had mentioned earlier. I was on, I was on an imprint with Atlantic called F stop and he was searching for like new artists to, um, to launch this F stop imprint on Atlantic. Um, and he wanted, he wanted to be like artists who nobody had heard of and kind of use it as like a real, like art development kind of thing. And, um, yeah, I was the first me and Jonathan Tyler in the Northern lights who he was from Austin. We were the first two people on, um, <laughs> that's uh it's it's pretty interesting so like i so i i've done a little bit of touring as a musician myself oh, cool. um, what do you play uh, i play uh acoustic guitars mostly i so i was in similar situation i i always wanted to be a band i never wanted to be a front person i enjoy writing songs like cool. I, would, I would be a songwriter if it if i could do probably anything i'd probably just be a songwriter because there's, there's like you were saying there's just something in the magic of like i can grab my guitar and strum a g chord and then it's like two hours later i could have a song and then yeah. crazy enough like if that song was good enough it could become like a song everybody and their mom knows like you know it's like yep. it's just like those weird like the fact that you can just pull things it's what i love about art in general mm -hmm. just like you can pull something from here and they make it a physical thing like mm -hmm. it's actually a physical like especially like you know once you put it onto a cd or something you know like whatever yeah. you make it a physical thing out of it uh, I love vinyls. I'm more of a vinyl guy, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so, so in in uh, doing that, I had a, I've had a I had a couple of those. So when I heard your story the first time, I was like, I was like, I probably should have maybe like actually like fletched some of these out because like I had like two or three people who were like, oh, I uh, I own the studio and like I want to produce a record. And yeah, the one the one crazy the one my one regret and like uh, in in the music industry is I had the money. And it wasn't a lot. And I was going to fly to San Francisco and I had it literally basically booked and I just didn't pull the trigger for some stupid ass reason. Um, <laughs> but I was going to have three songs produced by Chris Walla of Death Man, oh, yeah, that would have been so cool. And I didn't do it. And, I, <laughs> and I'm like, mother, I wish to this day, but it's, uh, it's one of those things like, you know, those experiences, but like, so like the craziness of like, it was almost like the wild, wild west. MySpace was. Sort yeah, of. it was. It was weird. Like I feel like there had been a couple things where my band had kind of gotten burned and lost money from whatever somebody reaching out on MySpace and offering something. Yeah. Um, and so when I got this message, I was skeptical. First off, it's like you sent me a MySpace message. How can this possibly <laughs> be somebody from Atlantic Records? <laughs> I was like, whatever. I'll call the number and see what happens. And I think I was. I was so shocked when the person on the other line actually was somebody from Atlantic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I think probably in that first call, I was just um, in shock the whole time because I was expecting it to be some kind yeah. of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, in, in hearing that, that thing. So I always, one of the things that always incredibly like intrigues me about people's stories is like how quick things can change. So like, mm -hmm. Do you do you have any recollection of like not I wouldn't say the day because that's like kind of stupid but like maybe that the week leading up to like that message like where, where your mind space was at like were you like would you have just kept trudging down had that that email never came or whatever like would you have just kept trudging down and and continued down to with it or would it have been like uh, hey this is something I'm doing like I 
I, I want to put the work into it. I expect something to happen. Were you expecting anything to eventually happen? So funny story. <laughs> funny you should ask. Um, I think it was two, it was either two or three days before I got that MySpace message. I proposed to my then girlfriend now wife. <laughs> so that's where my head was at. Yeah. I, I mean, as far as music, like I said, my band had pretty much, we hadn't officially broken up, but we had pretty much broken up at that point. We weren't, we didn't have a basis. We didn't, we weren't really a band. Um, and I was like, I didn't think that we were, we had made an album. We tried to shop it to some record labels, like nothing happened with that. That record was called Microwavable, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, in my head, I'm like, okay, I'm going to be like a, a worship pastor at a church or something like that. Um, and then I, yeah. Thing was to do <laughs> life changes. Do you, do you know what uh do you know what song it was that that tipped him off? Or it was really? honey. Let me sing you a song. Oh. I was I, so I was wondering about that. Like so like I know um I know there's other songwriters on Ted is I on Wikipedia it shows there's other songwriters, but like I thought that the song that I heard you said yeah like, so is that one of those things where you, like you had most of the bones of it and then there was like tack-ons yeah on that so there's a version of um honey let me sing you song on that album that my band put out that doesn't have the bridge lyric okay. it's just like an instrumental bridge um and when i was yeah when i was recording um take us to the start with atlantic the a and r person was like mm, i really feel like there should be something here not just like a musical break and so yeah um my producer and this other dude kind of contributed some to that. Nice. That was actually, it was kind of a whole, it was a, it was a thing because people yeah. like, no hard feelings now at this point, yeah. but like it was one of those things where people are like wanting percentages and I'm like, I did 99% of the work on this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's wild. That's, that's the, that's the crazy thing. Yeah, for sure. But, uh, um, but that song, by the way, that song is incredibly fun to play. I, I know how to play it on guitar for at least the way I've broken it down. Uh, actually, one of my favorite things, I actually have a, I think I have a YouTube video of me doing it. And uh, it's so funny because I forget at the end of it, uh, my daughter fell in love with it when she was like super tiny. Like I play it all the time because it was just like when I learned a song, I'd just play it as much as I could. Um, and so like I'd play it and she like, it's a very catchy song. And so like, uh, so I have like a video on YouTube of me singing the song. And then at the end, there's like, maybe like 15 seconds of me and my like then probably four-year-old daughter just singing mm -hmm. singing part the birch part of it or the chorus <laughs> part of it so it's like it's like uh those kind of things like music wise like if i play it now for her she like knows the song she's like it's like and she's 13 so it's like it's just so funny you're like okay like yeah. the things they're gonna grow up to and and my kids love music and one of them takes piano lessons one of them's taking guitar lessons and singing lessons and so oh, like they, so it's like interesting to see like kind of like what they like and like what they're doing but like yeah. they have such eclectic tastes because we kind of like we're like no you have to like listen to these things and ironically you've toured with two of my wife's favorite bands uh matchbox 20 and parachute so um which is uh which are our big tours is there somebody that you won uh you're like you're one of the people you was your favorite tour you've ever been on or like toured with and then is there someone that like if you had like the opportunity to snap your fingers and be on a tour with uh that you haven't toured with is there someone that immediately comes to mind oh man that i would want to tour with i feel like there's a lot um, <laughs> probably like if 
if Brandon Flowers from the Killers did another solo tour, I would nice. love to open that door. <laughs> one, of, one of our soon-to-be guests, he's like one of my good friends. I don't know if you're a comedy fan or not, but a stand-up comedy fan. Uh, but uh, my buddy Brant Tobler is actually really good friends with Brandon Flowers. Really? Yeah, he started he comedy. Sounds sound familiar. Uh, he he had a he has a Comedy Central um, like um, not a special, but it's like a, this is not happening. It's got like four million views, so it probably is that. If I had to guess, interesting story about the time he tried to kill his dad. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, but he started comedy in Las Vegas, and uh, and uh, that's okay. like where the killers are from. So. Yeah. Yeah, cool. so he so he was actually like when they did Madison Square Garden, like he was backstage and stuff. It was like a really good thing. So. That's amazing. So yeah, yeah he, I, I love I love Brandon Flowers. Flowers. <laughs> I love Brandon Flowers solo records. Um, as far as somebody I've toured with, like my favorite tours, honestly, like the two you mentioned, um, your wife's favorite bands, Matchbox Twenty and Parachute. Those were both super fun. Um, my probably my favorite though overall was um in 2008 i guess it was because it was really my first real like long nationwide tour that i did was opening up for eric hutchinson nice. um and it was it was him and the direct support was um a canadian artist megan smith and then me opening up solo and all of us and everybody all the crew and everyone traveled in the same in just one tour bus together um, for like, I think it was like two months long. Nice. And it was really, really, everybody got along really well. And it was, it was a lot of fun. It was my first time, like really seeing the country like that. Um, so it was awesome. That's, that's super cool. I was looking at your Wikipedia and it says you opened for the Dave Matthews. Was it weird seeing the same people in the crowd <laughs> 10 days in a row? Cause like those fans are nuts. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that fact on my Wikipedia page is slightly misleading because I didn't, I wouldn't really, if people ask me like who I've opened for, I probably wouldn't list Dave Matthews because I technically open side stage, which means like I'm on a stage that people just walk past as they're coming into the venue <laughs> and occasionally pause and like watch for me and they're like, yeah, okay, I'm going to keep going to my seat. <laughs> By the way, I'm the, I'm the guy who like stands there for the whole time because I love those artists. Uh, at, 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 at each one, there were typically a handful of people that would stay for the whole thing, but most everyone would just walk by. I, I actually hate Dave Matthews. I don't hate Dave Matthews. I'm just not a fan of Dave Matthews music. It's just one of those things. But, kind, of, kind of, yeah, I agree. <laughs> oh, but my first, my, first serious girl, my first serious girlfriend was like, the Dave Matthews fan that has like the burn CDs of like, this is the time they played at Red Rocks. And this yeah. is like, so she drug me to a concert and I actually saw side stage opening up Jason Mraz. Oh, awesome. So you have good company. You have good yeah. company. <laughs> but that does, that does actually lead me to an interesting uh, story about the time that uh, Cougar, your song being on Cougar town led you to opening up for Bruno Mars. Yes. This is probably my weirdest story. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I've, I've had songs in, it was mostly ABC shows cause I, the music director or one of the music directors at ABC really was a fan. So I had a bunch of like Grey's Anatomy and private practice, Cougar Town. I feel like there was, an by the way, I love it cause I, I'm not a Grey's Anatomy fan, but like my 12 year old daughter is currently re-watching through with my wife. Uh -huh. So I will just be randomly walking through the front room and hear Matt Hires playing. Nice. <laughs> I'm like, yes. 
<laughs> so I, yeah, I had this just random song in an episode of Cougar Town, which led to, which I didn't find this out, I think, until I was there. But um, in 2010, my manager got this random email from someone claiming they worked for the or worked with the Prince of Brunei, um, which is a tiny little country, I think, on one of like the Malaysian or Indonesian islands, but it's like a tiny little oil rich country. And um, he wanted me to play at, I guess every other year he would put on this massive party outside of London. Uh, and he wanted me to play, he wanted to fly my wife and I, and actually my manager and his wife, they got in on it too, fly us out to this party and I would play a couple songs. Um, it wasn't until we were at the party and I talked to him that he said, he, cause I still at this point had no idea how he knew my music. Um, and he said he heard it on Cougar Town, but the party itself was so surreal. There was like, I'm trying to think who all was there. I met Whitney Houston, um, Pamela Anderson was the like DJ of the party. <laughs> um, or like the MC, the MC of the party. Um, like Usher was there. Um, I'm trying to think about, I don't know. It was wild. Like an eclectic bunch of people. <laughs> very, yeah, very eclectic bunch of also like old Hollywood actors. I, I can't remember any names right now, but he was a fan of like classic Hollywood movies and stuff. So there were a lot of older Hollywood actors there. Um, it was, it was wild. It was funny because it was at like my wife and I's actual at like absolute poorest part in our marriage. <laughs> had, she had recently quit teaching and yeah, I forget how much we made that year, but it wasn't a lot. And then we get flown out to, I mean, he paid, the Prince paid me well too. So that was helpful, but we're like in the middle of all this like extravagance when we were so poor. <laughs> uh, it was wild, but yeah. So I played two songs and then um, Bruno Mars played after <laughs> An insane. So I guess yeah, I think Bruno Mars had like just finished a show in Ireland and they flew him and his band. They like picked them up in a helicopter and flew them to this party. <laughs> and, they played, and honestly, I wasn't a Bruno Mars fan before that, but he was so fucking good live. It was it was so much. Fun. That's it. It's it, it's so wild. I was going to actually while you were I, I heard that on, an, on another podcast. Uh, so oh. I was like, I definitely got to ask, but. The thing I was thinking when I was listening to you tell it on the other podcast was, I, I know you said your your wife was there. I was like, is there any point at that party where you guys look at each other and be like, what the fuck are we doing here? Oh, <laughs> the whole thing. It kind of felt like we were in some weird shared dream. Um, it was, yeah, it was so wild. There were like, it was a two day party. So we like got there one night and it was like poker night. Obviously, I said we were at our poorest. We were not playing poker with these people. <laughs> we just hung out and ate and like drank expensive scotch and stuff. Um, and then the next day was filled with like air shows and just all this stuff, crazy stuff throughout the day. And then that night was um, was I'm trying to think what else happened at the party. I think Pamela Anderson did some kind of dance from like she had been on Dancing with the Stars recently or something. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So you're, you're saying when the prince, when these princes email you, actually send them money so they can support <laughs> this. And, uh, yeah, you never know what's going to happen if you uh, email a prince. I would say, I know um, that prince actually died recently. 
Oh, really? I yeah. Somebody um, emailed because they somebody who knew about this story yeah. sent me this article, and I I forget what happened. He's not that. He was only like I want to say like maybe four or five years older than me. Yeah. Pretty, Dang, pretty yes. wild. Yeah. That's wild. Well, so that <laughs> actually made me think like you've like a couple of weird emails have like really like had some. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you, should, you shouldn't even have a phone. You should just get emails. That's so wild. Um, well, so I did, I definitely, there was, there was a, a, a bunch of other stuff that like uh, I wanted to talk to you about, but um, as far as like, uh, and I'm now I'm, my brain, cause I've been, we just did another podcast. I'm, Blanking in it, I don't want to screw the title up, but your new song that you just released that I've been pitching, I don't, it's a... Uh, break No More? Yeah, it's Break No More. Yeah. I, I wanted to say No More Break, and I was like, that's <laughs> wrong. But yeah, um, so you did a, you did this uh, a couple of times, I think, throughout your, your career. Like, I think A to B is on like an EP. Um, mm -hmm. uh, Heartbreak Machine's like just kind of a one-off. Yeah, Heartache Machine was a, a, a EP that I... Um, yeah, I put out like right after I left Atlantic and was independent because I, I kind of had like four or five songs lying around that I just recorded and put out my first just to get <laughs> something out there. Um, yeah, and start the whole like independent thing. But and then and then uh, and now you have a uh, break no more. Is that gonna be like is that the tip of the iceberg for like a new record or is that a tip of the iceberg for maybe an EP or like? Yeah, I wish I could say yes, but not currently. I haven't I haven't done a ton of writing lately. Um, I I feel like I'm coming into a, a phase where I'm gonna get back into writing more. But I had that song kind of lying around, and. Um, a buddy of mine had just recorded, he had just gotten a bunch of like equipment to have a little like pretty simple, but quality home studio. Um, and he was working on like getting all his stuff dialed in and everything. So we're like, hey, let's, let's do a song and see what happens. And it turned out great. So, yeah. Um, no, yeah. I love it. I love the, I, I love it. I love that it feels like, um, it feels like a continue it. Like if you played uh, that and, um, uh, like fighting the ghosts, like mm -hmm. back, back, like it feels like a, uh, you could draw a straight line to them. Yeah. And I think honestly, that's one of the things that has, has um, stunted my writing is I put too much pressure on myself to, cause I want my next album to be that for it to feel like a real, like next step from American wilderness, because that was a lot of like deconstruction and, and, um, wrestling and stuff and i want the next project to be like okay after that comes this and break no more i like you were saying very much does feel like that but i kind of want that to continue through um the rest of whatever the next project is yeah i, I found it I found it really interesting i was like i was like oh like sweet like and then i like started listening to it and i was like man i was like this is really really good like it does it definitely does feel like a step i i a yeah. like step up and then yeah. but like you're already at a pretty high high level anyway so it's like it's like a it's a it's a solid like i was like man this is like great and i and i'm like 
I'm a music nerd, but I, I, when I find like a, like a good song, I'm like, all right, that's got to like in the old days, like I'm like, that's got to go on the, it's on, it's on my phone actually. Like I literally have it on my phone. And so like, I have like this playlist that has like probably like, I don't know, like 250 songs and like, so at any time I just add to it. I don't add to it very often. It's like, like, there's not that many good songs anymore it seems like <laughs> no there's there's plenty of good songs out there it's just like it's hard to find nowadays like yeah, yeah it can be hard like, to find them for sure like man because it's either you have so um, such an abundance of like things thrown at you yeah. or like you're just like man there's like no substance to this like i'm i very much have to have like the lyrics have to be good and like that's yeah. to feel have some feeling and like it's the thing i struggle with with like um like really good singers like i know people are like oh american idol and all that kind of stuff it's like like if you're a really good singer, that's awesome, and it's a hard thing to yeah. do. But like that, to have to feel the person when they're doing the song is like. I, like, I like. I'm definitely drawn to unique voices more than like just really good voices. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like I know, like seeing you live, I've seen you live three times, um, and each time it it really feels like you're like you're feeling it. Like, and those are like, those are my favorite. Those are the artists I really like the, the ones that are like, you can tell like they, they have some kind of connection to that material. Like, which, so and kind of speaking of that, like, I know like, uh, like so much so like, and I, and I kind of like become like a, a super fan of, of those, of those bands. So, so much so is like funny enough. I, we went to go see Matchbox 20 right after my son was born. And it was, it was the year Tom Petty died. And so we were, we were, it was shortly after and they played, um, like I think it was like super shortly after, and they uh, they like had a spot in the Matchbox set where like they just kind of put a light on the microphone and it it played a t- their Tom Petty song played, and uh, the whole place was just singing. And I actually thought of you in that moment because I know you're a big Tom Petty fan, and like yeah. that's one of your influences. Um, is there like um, is there like any weird influences that like maybe people wouldn't like necessarily put the the pulse on like you're like man i'm a huge devo fan or so i don't know like um i don't know if it would be an influence like i like i like like rap and stuff which that i don't feel like that's an influence (laughs) i'm trying to think um like the lyrical stylings of eminem yeah (laughs) well i can kind of see that though when you say that like maybe it's not like i don't think like it would be the first thing I thought of. I think, uh-huh. like, I think the way you put words together, something does come. Maybe out there's of. some kind of influence from that. I, I super like respect the way a good rapper can put words together. Um, and and it, now that I'm thinking about like cadence of the words is really important to me. Yeah. Um, so maybe that comes from. That yeah, it's definitely something I noticed. I noticed like the the way you say the way you say words in like certain phrases especially like throughout like uh like the second and third record like i, I mm. could definitely like you you could definitely like i, I think you could I, now that like you say it like i'm like oh yeah i could definitely like i could see that i could see where that could be yeah, maybe. i mean i don't listen to a lot but there are like artists i really really love like kendrick lamar um nice. rapper. more recently i found this dude um toby and wigway i've heard yeah i've heard him he's yeah. from houston he's his his I've only gotten into one of his albums so far, and this was like four days ago. Um, <laughs> but I love it. I've listened to it probably like four times like already. But, nice. So uh, you're like, so you're like me when you find something you listen. To. Sometimes I used to not be that way, but more recently, yeah. I'll get Dude, it. I I'll get I, de- I demolish records. Like I'm just like, it's like it's weird. And music is has like a weird 
a weird thing for me. Like I literally, I'll be, I was like, and this is going to sound like, this is how like the, how pod, our podcast go. I was, I was driving home the other day and I threw in a, uh, I threw in my buddy Carter Holsey. He has his, his last record. Um, and um, I threw it in and like, maybe like the third song is called vodka soda. And like, like just like like singing on top of my lungs in the car by myself. It's like eight o'clock at night after a long ass day of work, yeah. and like I'm like I was like crying and like shit. Like you're like the music really like like when you find something like that like touches you. You're like oh, oh yeah, that's like and I don't I feel like more and more at it nowadays. And I'm gonna sound like an old man, but like it doesn't seem like a lot of music is doing that. Like there's a, there's some records that like I'm finding like. Like I find records through my last when I did an interview with my buddy Carter, like he turned me on to uh, Phoebe Bridger, oh, yeah. and like like so I've been I've been I've been, I've been uh, consuming that record a bit, and like those kind of those feel like real like there's connection there. Have you heard um she did you brought up Bright Eyes earlier. She did a project with Connor Oberst. Yeah, I just found out about it. Like I haven't listened. Really to it good. I love that album. Also, an album that came out this year. Um, from her, I'm pretty sure it's her guitarist. Uh, his name's Christian Lee Hudson. Okay. Yeah, I recommend that one. It's really, really good. I'm writing that down right now. <laughs> uh, I love I, that. Actually, kind of leads. I do have that question written down on on my uh, thing. Is there any um, any artist that you think people should know about? <laughs> I might say this on like every podcast I've been on in the past couple of years, but my favorite band it's weird saying they're my favorite band because i've only been aware of them for it's not like a tom petty or something like that yeah. i've only been aware of this band for like two three years now um but it's australian band called gang of youths okay um they put out a record in i think it was in 2017 or 18 um called go farther in lightness that's my number one favorite album nice. it's so good i think you i think you just from hearing like your music taste so far i think you'd like it a lot so i'm gonna i'm gonna check that out for sure for sure i dude uh, i'll i'll uh i'll uh i'll give you a full uh full breakdown i'll give you like okay. a yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no I, I love it and i love to i love talking to musicians about like the people that they like because i think they they look in it look at it in a different you know different realm i like it's like kind of like what i have I when I talk to like my comedian friends, I'm like, if you know how the math of things work to mm -hmm. tell a joke, that like it changes how you observe it. I think yeah, and, for sure. And, and even though I didn't do it, I mean I did get paid to do it, not to the level of you guys, but like I feel like I look at things a lot from that aspect, and so it's hard for me to like just listen to like the mainstream things that like people are like, oh this this. I mean there's some things in the mainstream that are just phenomenal, but like yeah. Like I, I like to find like those things, those little niches and those little, <laughs> those little, those little cubby holes of like, oh, this thing. Like, and that's why I like you had mentioned earlier that you collect vinyl. That's what I love about vinyl. Like yeah. I, when I do find something I love, getting that and then just like listen to the whole record from front to back. Is yeah, what I love to do. There's something about it. I actually, I actually, my vinyl record player, you can plug into your computer and it can, it makes MP3s of it playing, oh, okay. sounding like vinyl. Cool. It's, so it's awesome. So I'm like, okay, cool. And I just, I just, in, in doing this uh, research on you, realized that you have a vinyl version of uh, American Lure, which, yeah. uh, So I'll be ordering that soon. Um, <laughs> if you want to order, it's available at matthires.bandcamp.com. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a phenomenal record. It's a phenomenal record. The, the thing I um, I don't I, like. I, once people started doing, and I don't know if yours is like that, but I mean, I already own it. I already own the MP3s of them. But like, mm -hmm. 
like once people started doing like, hey, you, you can buy the vinyl and then we'll just give you the download card too. Yeah. Like it was like it's a no brainer. I'm buying vinyl every day. <laughs> yeah, totally. I don't. My vinyl doesn't have that. Um, but I think it's just because I figure that most people are would listen to it on Spotify or something anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. It's a yeah. It's a, it's absolutely a, like I suggest anybody who listens to this who have for some reason hasn't realized who Matt Hires is go listen to Matt Hires. It's a great, great, great stuff. So, um, is there anything else, Jens, that you wanted to ask? I yeah, I have a couple things. So I was taking notes here, and I looked yeah. down at my hand and realized I had a bunch of smudges on my hand. And every episode, Tone and I ask our guest what handed they are because we are both left-handed. Yes. And, and okay. Really forgot. So, right. Okay. So I think we've had all. Have we had all right-handed and a no-handed? Yeah. Oh, yes. he's a comedian. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He considered himself no-handed, but I would call him left-handed the way he was talking about what he does. But yeah, both of his brothers are left-handed, so I, okay. we're just gonna. We might. We might just like. Just claim him. We're going to claim him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm right-handed. I, my wife and I are still trying to figure out um, what our son is. He's two and a half, but he'll maybe he's just like pretty ambidextrous because like, sometimes it seems like he's definitely right-handed and sometimes not. So I don't know. Well, it's weird because it's like uh, every left-handed person I know is basically ambidextrous just because we've been forced. Uh, you have to live in a right-hand yeah, it's, world. It's really, it's really screwed up. <laughs> it's really dangerous being left-handed. Everything's made yeah. for right-handed people. I, mean, I, I, makes sense. I, play, I play guitar right-handed. I think I walk gems through. I think he's a right-handed guitar player too. I think we, we were, we for, were the, for the three <laughs> weeks of lessons I took in fourth grade. I think we figured out I play right-handed. Yeah. Which I mean, in a lot of ways that makes almost more sense that yeah. you would be doing the more in intricate things with your dominant hand. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I actually, uh, it actually gave me uh, strength back in my hands. So, like, I tore my elbow to shreds twice, mm. and I and I couldn't feel my fingertips. And uh, I love music. Long story short, I've talked about it before. Like, I, I went through a severe bout of depression over a bunch of stuff. But like, I, uh, I literally, basically tried to end my life. And um, and I found part of the reason why Dashboard's my favorite band is uh, somebody had given me a burnt CD of his first record, and it was sitting on the top of the pile. And I was like. I need something to play. I'm in this apartment for seven days by myself till somebody came back. It was over a holiday. And I played that record for seven days straight, basically. And, uh, and I had a guitar in the, in, in our house. And so I, I, I kind of tinkered with it a little bit, but I hadn't really ever played, learned proper. And, um, when I couldn't feel my fingertips, um, cause I'm left-handed, I, it actually gave me strength to push the strings down. So that was kind of like therapy. So, yeah. So when I think so when I think of playing guitar or when I play guitar, I'm like I always think of like baseball. It's weird, <laughs> like it's a, it's a they kind of go together for me. So, yeah. and then the other thing I had, I you wrote a you co-wrote a song with Sarah Bareilles. Yeah, was that a label thing or how did you link up with her? So that we weren't on the same label, but we had the same the the producer that I made pretty much everything. Well, not pretty much everything. Everything I released on Atlantic with um, his name's Eric Ross. He did her first album. Was he the one people. that wanted her to write a love song, and she said no? <laughs> no, no, this was after that. <laughs> um, but yeah, we were working on stuff for the the album, and I think she, I think what happened was I'm trying to remember. Like he had been trying to get her comfortable with the idea of co-writing because she didn't want to do that at all. So she thought he thought that 
like she would enjoy writing with me with like my style or whatever. And so, and yeah, she came in and we um, we wrote, it, it was a song on the first album called You in the End. Yeah. Um, yeah. background on that, is that right? What's that? Did she, she sang on that too, didn't she? Did, she? Yeah, she sang the background vocals on it. Mm-hmm. She is. She uh, she makes she makes really good records too. So yeah, I, yeah, I really like her. Yeah, she was awesome. One of the best concerts I've ever been to actually is my first first Red Rocks concert here, mm. and uh, and uh, we saw uh, uh, one Re- one Republic and and uh, she they opened up she opened up for uh, for them. So it was it was it was pretty I, amazing. I've never seen a show at Red Rocks. So it's a must do if, yeah. if you if you get a chance to do it. I don't know if music's ever coming back live, but, but hopefully yeah. for your sake it is. I know for real. <laughs> um, the, I did have one other question. I don't know if Jim's, I, but the, no, no, you're just, good. Live music. Um, do you plan on doing more uh, house shows once things open up, or is yeah, it- for sure. I mean, that's really like the past couple of years has become like my my main way of touring. I really love doing it. Um, it's easy to throw a tour together too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I actually missed. I think the last time you were here in Den- Denver. I think last time you were in Denver, I was some stupid reason I was out of damn town. Okay. I'm never, I'm never out of town, and I was out of town. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck, yeah. It was wild, and I and it was the same week. I think it was like I was gonna go to two of them. It was you, and um, there was a there's a she was mainly uh, caught sensation on YouTube. But like, uh, do you have you ever heard of uh, Julia Nunes? Yeah, I, she plays like ukulele mostly. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that. But she she makes some interesting music. But she was like here, like she was in Colorado Springs, like the day after I think it was, and I had, yeah. was out of town. I was like, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, man. I next do have time. one more thing. Next year at some point. Oh, sweet. I'm definitely be there. <laughs> With Nashville, uh is it as fun as everybody says? Like is it like I I know you you said your son's like two and a half, but like yeah. did you get to experience much of the, like the nightlife of Nashville when you guys got there? Yeah. I mean like the main tourist section of, of Nashville is like the downtown Broadway honky tonk strip. Which I have no use for, except for except for there's one honky tonk called Robert's Western World that is a gym, and everybody should go visit that spot. Um, once once you're vaccinated and all this is over, <laughs> right? Uh, is, that the, is that the place that has like um, bologna sandwiches? Yes, yeah. <laughs> you I, I forget how much it is, but like a fried bologna sandwich and a PBR is like four dollars or something like that. Oh, um, great. Awesome though, like it's mostly classic country and like fifties rock and roll that they play there. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, Nashville's a really fun town. Whether when you get off the touristy beaten path, it's super fun. So we've loved living here. Like you said, we have a two and a half year old, so there's been less. Um, it's more hanging with uh, friends at their houses these days, which is also great. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, dads are the best people anyway, so it's all good. Yeah, right. exactly. We're <laughs> fortunate in that, like, our, a lot of our best friends um, either, like, had kids or adopted around the same time we did. So we kind of all went, shifted into this next phase of life together, which has been nice. good. Mm-hmm. That's super. That's super awesome. Um, yeah, I, I mean – that I think, I think that definitely is like a. I know for me it was like it was definitely a shift for me. Like I definitely like there's like I, I tell people all the time like there's like there was like my thoughts pre being a parent, and then there was definitely thoughts 
post being a parent, I think you yeah. definitely like think of things in a different what different way for sure. Which is uh, why I was wondering because uh, American Wilderness is the only record, obviously. Well, I guess that was beforehand. Huh? Before, yeah, that was because he was born in 2018. Yeah, yeah. So I was gonna say because that that seems like the record you were right after being a parent. So like, <laughs> like, like I had all of those thoughts. That's definitely when that like that kind of really came yeah. to light for me. It was like I was like, oh, now I'm gonna. I'm gonna really actually, and this leads to like the, the the one question I definitely wanted to ask was um, after being a parent, like I really started, and it's a kind of selfish but not selfish. Um, I kind of started thinking of like the legacy that I was leaving, mm. like not necessarily like what I accomplished or whatever, but I was like the things I'm gonna teach my kids is gonna be their foundation <laughs> that's gonna, yeah. and it's like I really started getting into that, so. Um, with you, a two-prong question on that. Like, um, do you think about that much or like what you kind of really want like your son to like kind of have as like a baseline? And then also, is there a thing where, have you ever thought of the legacy that you are leaving like when your son is like 20 and like, mm -hmm. like oh, my dad wrote songs that were on this show like because obviously like Grey's Anatomy is like a massive show like there's a possibility at some point he watches that show and he's like oh shit my dad is singing that song yeah like yeah I mean I guess it's maybe not something I've really thought a lot about until more recently um it, more thinking about it in terms of like how how now that he's like coming into an age where he will have memories and stuff like how will he remember me through his childhood and that kind of thing um but i mean as far as the music thing i the legacy that i would like to pass on to him with that is to like not be afraid to take risks and if you like have something you think you're really good at or like have something that want to do something that makes you happy like don't be afraid to 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 go after it that's the one thing that i think i've i've, I've definitely learned from and it's kind of like what i what i definitely how i live my life i guess post being a parent like mm -hmm. i i'm obviously more um like cautious because I, I now put myself in this life where like i provide for a family and like right. so yeah my, my job pays for that but i'm still chasing my dreams like i love podcasts so like i produce two podcasts and i get paid to do that but it's like mm -hmm. it's definitely still a side gig but it's like something mm -hmm. i'm working to fulfill as like becoming the main thing so it's right. like um so like i definitely push that on my kids i'm like what i don't care what you want to do like mm -hmm. my son's been hitting on baseball off a tee since he was nine months old he couldn't <laughs> even walk but and he's really good at baseball but mm -hmm. if he says i want to be a dancer i'm gonna be like yo let's go get let's go like well, yeah. i'm gonna support your dreams like i that's the one thing i definitely want my kids to follow is like follow their dreams because i think the thing you love is definitely if you can make a living doing it then you should definitely do, <laughs> do that as much as you can <laughs> Yeah, you're gonna have a happier life, it seems like, <laughs> uh, for sure. And so, I guess, like, speaking of like youthful optimism, uh, and and stories, we can segue this into our draft, which yeah. we do in every single episode. <laughs> and uh, how many rounds do y'all go? Uh, five yeah. rounds. Five rounds okay. I, I actually thought about this earlier. I have so many. I was like, we maybe make an exception if Matt's cool with it. If he wants to go more rounds, we might. I, mean, I have. I have. I think I told you I have seventeen picks. Yeah, I think I have nineteen on my list. Um, so 
this is the first time I've ever asked a guest because usually we let the guests pick where they pick in order. Um, how many rounds do you want to go? We'll let you. We'll let you decide how many rounds you want to go. Yeah, let's go. Let's bump up another round. Let's do six rounds. Six rounds. I like it. I like it. Okay. All right. So we're going six rounds. Um, this is, by the way, uh, I, I usually I'm gonna be like I think the first draft we did. Uh, I didn't even study for. Okay. Like, I was just like, I got this. Like, this one, I was like, dude, I got to, like, literally, this might be the bulk of my work here. <laughs> I hope I I'm, – I'm still a little unsure of my, my rankings, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, it's, it, this is a tough one. So, for uh, – we're tired of talking around it, but if you're listening, we're about to do a 90s kids movie draft PG and under rating. So G and PG, because I don't think there's anything under G. But How old are we all? I guess we're all around the same age I am. I'm 38. So, okay. I'm by 30. the way, your your birthday is the day after my daughter's old. My oldest daughter's oh, birthday. Nice. I'm 35, so I'm like right in between. Um, so yeah, a lot of these were like this was like thought from my childhood, you know. Yeah, yeah. So 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 just for just for reference, I was seven when the 90s started. So mm-hmm. Matt, you were five, five, roughly. yeah, four. and I was negative 30 days old. <laughs> My birthday is January 30th, 1990. So, <laughs> so we, we might have an upper hand on Jim. There were actually there were some movies that I was like, oh, I got to put this one down. And I realized they were it was like a late 80s movie or something like that. So. Mine was the opposite, but it was early 2000s. So I was no, like, oh. oh, by the way, I'm totally going to that. Totally going to say I didn't mention it. I did have it written down, but I'm not. Uh, you and your family are awesome at fucking Halloween dress up. I don't know why that was just. Fun. I scrolled through your Instagram like you guys were just Jurassic Park. The reason yeah. I remember that is because I thought I put Jurassic Park on my list, and I was like, "Fuck, it's not." It's not yeah, I wouldn't call that a kid <laughs> movie. Thirteen movie I ever saw. Was yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, but so so going through back through just to reference the ones I saw. Uh, you were uh, you were Jurassic Park. Your family was, um, and then I saw was Desi Stranger Things on there. Maybe. Um, yes. Yeah. One year I was, um, I was, I don't think that was a family. I was trying to think what Rachel was that year, but I was 11. And then you were Mr. Rogers. Yeah. Mr. Rogers. Yeah. Last okay. year I was Mr. Rogers. Um, my wife was Lady Aberlin and our son was Daniel Tiger. Nice. By, by the, by the way, uh, that Mr. Rogers movie, I just watched it again, like over like maybe two months ago, the documentary. Amazing. The document. I still haven't seen the Tom Hanks movie, but the documentary. I haven't either. The documentary is amazing, though. Oh yeah. oh yeah. So I have a funny Jurassic Park story. So I'm being uh, Jurassic Park came out in like '93 or '94, I think. '93. I had it written down is '93. Yeah. Okay. So speaking of this kids movie draft, my mom brings it home when it gets released on VHS. So I'm three or four at this point. Nice. I think and she did. She was just like, "Oh, a dinosaur movie. Jared will like that. He likes Randy <laughs> I was terrified of dinosaurs for like ever. Like, yeah, that's a little bit different than Land Before Time. Yeah, I don't know how far she let me get into it before she was like, "What? What the hell did I do?" But like, I have an older brother, so he was into it. So I think I was just stuck watching, you, it, being petrified. I've not seen watched the dude time. getting eaten off the toilet before I, it got enough. I don't remember much about okay. it. I know I was petrified from it, and I still have not watched it. <laughs> hey, my mom did the same thing, but uh, she knew I loved baseball, so she bought me Major League when I was like five. And that was, <laughs> that's, a good, a, that's a good mom. 
Not, not, a, not a movie you should be watching. <laughs> Did you follow it up with Bull Durham? Or? No, I, I had already seen Bull Durham, but I, it just bits and pieces. Just the baseball parts. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, so uh, we're about to have fun with this. I think this not, this is definitely the best topic. Although, I will I will warn you, we did just have an amazing wrestler uh, draft, pro wrestler draft, uh, with our last guest. It was pretty awesome. Nice. We had thought, actually, at one point we were going to, because we had a little bit of a scheduling conflict, mm-hmm. we weren't sure how it was going to work. I came up with the idea. I almost was like, we'll just overlap them, and Matt can join, <laughs> and then... And then Ryan can I wouldn't have known. I didn't like <laughs> I didn't grow up watching wrestling or anything, so I, I would have been terrible at coming from a pastor family. <laughs> but in the attitude era, that's yeah, it's probably right in the wheelhouse yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably that would have been would have been good. But I feel like this this draft we are gonna be on spot on with this. So this is gonna be fun. Right. So we're going six rounds um at at our the longest draft that ever that we've done so. So at Matt's uh, discretion. I like the sixth round. It's going to make me feel less terrible about leaving some of these out. Um, now, we, we do snake draft. I'm sure you've done fantasy football. You've mm-hmm. talked about fantasy football on here. By the way, also, uh, your uh, your interview that you did with Daniel Dopp, uh, that, oh, I can't, that I can't find on the internet for some reason, but Daniel oh. Dopp is a Lions fan. We are both yeah. Lions fans, obviously. Um, I'm, I wish I'm going to need to get Daniel on the, on the podcast. He's a big music guy, too. Yeah, um, and so, um, but, uh, so I know you know about fantasy football, so it's the same thing. So we're doing a snake draft. So okay. there's three of us, obviously, if you take the first pick, you get the sixth pick, you take the second pick, you get the fifth pick. If you take the third pick, you get the fourth pick, et cetera. There is an added little bit to this. Cause usually if you take, what is it? The third pick, you also get the last pick, but now since we have an extra round, now the person who takes the first pick gets the last pick. So there's a little bit different strategy to it. So we allow our guests to pick their, their draft selection of where they draft. I'm always a fan of like the middle spot. So I'll go number two. Dude, I, you, every, everyone except for our last guest has picked number two. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Uh, so, Gems, I can't remember. Did you pick? It's, did your, I turn pick? To, it's your turn to pick. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna martyr myself because I feel like I got a deep I got a deep draft list here. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna take the first pick. Okay. So I'll take the first and last pick. So, all right. So let me write this down, and then we will get picking. Um, yeah. And and I I know we're doing kids movies. I I put some that. I think are on the list that should be on the list. They are definitely all PG and under. If you guys want to tell me that they, they don't count as a kids movie, then okay. we, I feel free. Is it Die Hard? <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think I'm going to guess Die Hard is not a PG movie. <laughs> well, I just feel uh, like it's a Christmas movie conversation every year. <laughs> but while I mean, we're here, it, Matt, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Um, I'd say yeah. I mean... I'm not going to watch it to get in the Christmas spirit. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> well, it's like wild because like every year ABC Family shows every Harry Potter movie around Christmas time. So like part of me thinks I what like I should watch the Harry Potter movies during Christmas. I don't yeah, know. I mean, I guess there's like some probably some like Christmas element in each Harry Potter movie, but I think there's probably like a Halloween. Yeah, they just right. go through the whole school year. So. Right. <laughs> Fair enough. Well. That leads perfectly into my first pick. And it may not be the typical first pick, but I feel like it's legit. It has Halloween elements. It has Christmas elements. Ooh. I'm going the Nightmare Before Christmas. Nice. Nice. 
1993 as a PG movie. Um, listen to the Marilyn Manson version of This is Halloween. It's my one of my son's favorite songs. <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it, love it. Yeah, so uh, I, I uh, to be honest, like, wasn't a huge fan of it when it came out. Um, but then uh, it's grown on me over the years. I've actually, I didn't see it until I was an adult because I don't think I was allowed to see it when it came out. <laughs> this, this could be a, uh, a fun thing to see how many movies on this list I haven't seen because I don't have a deep uh movie like i don't watch a ton okay. of movies so mm -hmm. like there's probably going to be like i haven't seen that one like there's going to be a ton of movies on here i probably like haven't seen it okay <laughs> that's a, that's definitely one you should see yeah it's good i'll Great. vouch for that there's one no dinosaurs no dinosaurs <laughs> okay <laughs> i'm in still might, still might scare you though no, i'm just kidding no. <laughs> no. um well I think that uh, Matt. I think that leads to your uh, leads to your first pick. All right, my number one pick. My I don't know if this is controversial or not. It's also a um, tis the season kind of pick, but my number one favorite kids '90s movie is Home Alone Two. Oh, okay. I'll take it. Now, yeah. now, now we, I like both of the Home. Well, I say I know there's more than just two Home Alone movies, but there's, there's really only two that count. There's really only two. <laughs> I, think, I like the first one a lot, but I think the the second one is a little better in my opinion. I would agree with you. I did have both of them on my list. I now this is. I thought we'd get maybe round two before we had this discussion. Mm -hmm. uh, we did this with Jim Shearer as well. He was the first. He took our draft very serious. Jim Shearer is awesome. Have you ever met Jim Shearer by chance? No. He was a MTV2 VJ, VJ. He hosted VH1's uh, Top 20 Countdown for six well, years. Uh, there's a ch I did a couple things at MTV and VH1, so there's a chance I met him. I, I might him if I saw him. He's a wealth of he's a wealth of knowledge. Great guy. Um, yeah. So, uh, but he we did pizza topping draft with him. He picked um, fennel sausage, and then we had the discussion: Are there different? Are all the other sausages on the on the table? So, because you took Home Alone too, does that leave Home Alone still? Oh yeah. Okay, yeah, those are separate yeah. movies. Okay, 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 got you. Just wanted to make sure. Wanted to make sure. Bad question tone. That was obvious. <laughs> hey, I'm just making sure, man. Like, I don't know, because like obviously we're probably I I try to prioritize as Home Alone two being better. I think it's the better the better of the two. So, okay. I, I'm saying maybe I would pick number one. Well, if you by that logic, then I think that if you were looping them all together, I think Home Alone would be a bad pick because there's 15 of them after that are garbage. <laughs> well, that's true too. Yeah, yeah. That 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 next time Matt comes on, we'll do whole series of movies like there we go. whole franchise. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, which might ruin one of, by the time Matt comes back, it might ruin one of my picks that I hopefully get later. <laughs> but, uh, all right, gents, you're up. Uh, I'm going to go with my favorite. Just barely, though. Actually, they're probably pretty equal. I'm going to take the other Home Alone, the first one. I, okay. Fantastic. It was my, it, on it, on my list, it was my number two. Like, there's so they're great movies. Great. Like they're amazing. I don't care if anybody says that two is sucks, which some people say say I don't get it. It's great too. They're both yeah. great. Yeah, one does, one doesn't get diminished because of the other. I mean, I know like I, I could just said two. I probably wouldn't have picked Home Alone in like my top like four, but mm -hmm. like if it was sitting there around the last round, I probably would have took it. But I'm I wanted like, to make sure I had it and I was concerned that it was going to be gone here soon. 
<laughs> we actually, my wife and I went and saw it in theaters in like 2015. They re-released it in, uh, uh, for the 25th anniversary or not 2015, maybe in 2018. I don't know, remember what year it was. 2016. That's crazy. Ma, I was actually just listening to, I was just listened to Macaulay Culkin's uh, podcast the other day. Is that time. pretty good? Like the bunny cast or something? It's actually not that bad, to be honest with you. It's called Bunny Ears. Huh. It's actually not that bad, to be honest with you. So I will roll it back around with my favorite one of one of my favorite sports movies, especially as a kid. I know you say the Sandlot. Did I? Did you say that was your three, Matt? Yeah. So I took your two and three. You took my two and three. Yeah. I de- I debated I debated taking Sandlot first, but I thought I could maybe. Sandlot. Yeah, I should have. I man, if I had actually thought about it, knowing that y'all are like baseball guys, I should have just just to be an ass taken over <laughs> I thought maybe like I could maybe Gems wouldn't realize that was a '90s movie because uh-huh. he's. <laughs> but I. I underestimated my co-host. Yes. <laughs> By the way, that's the one that I was talking about if we take franchises because they're talking about making a reboot of it. Didn't, wasn't there a Sandlot 2 that was garbage with nobody in it? Sandlot 2 was it was not good, but I wouldn't say it's garbage. But like, if they try to reboot it, it's definitely going to be garbage. Yeah. Classic at that, like that level of classic movie. Yeah. 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 Kim, you're going to mess that up every time. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Matt, that brings us to your second round pick. All right. I'm going to go with um, Hook as my second round pick. I haven't seen it. Dude, Hook holds up. I saw it probably like two or three years ago, and it's it's still good. Like even as an adult, it's a a really good movie. It's a really, really good movie. By the way, like I was, I, I am on my list. I don't know if on your list. I wrote down the uh, the rating, and I also wrote down the year. And uh, I realized, like ninety two to ninety six, a lot of solid movies came out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a lot of solid movies came out. Was Hook? Hook was probably PG, right? Not G. Hook was PG, and it was released in ninety one. Yeah. All right, man. Damn, man. Hook's a, Hook's a great. I can't believe you haven't seen Hook. Yeah, I, I'll surprise you probably or disappoint you with a lot of things <laughs> you find out about me in the near future with stuff I have or have not seen or listened to. I was slightly disappointed because I thought I was going to put Mrs. Doubtfire on my list, but it's PG 13. Mm. Yeah. I was like, I'm surprised that's PG 13. I was too. I put it on my list and I was like, I Maybe mean, I kind of. Just enough cursing to make it PG thirteen or something. I don't know. Yeah, I kind of thought like uh, Jurassic Park was going to be. I was like, okay, that's probably it's a that. But I was like, this is Doubtfire, right there. Boom. No, no. Yeah. I mean, it was the nineties. It's probably the cross dressing that makes it PG thirteen nowadays. I mean, it's a PG rating. Yeah. Like, yeah. Honestly, in the nineties, that could have been a factor. Well, well, to be fair, probably the divorce aspect too. Right. So, yeah. Now, nowadays, that might be a G movie. <laughs> um, so I'm I'm having a hard time deciding between. I get the rap, so I might take both, but I want to. I'm going to take a sports movie. Okay. There are a lot of good sports movies. I know. There's and there's three that I'm choosing between that are all could be legit picks, but I'm going to go with my favorite out of of the sports movies um, that I have left. And now I'm going to go with 1992's PG rated The Mighty Ducks. Mm. Yep. Which they're rebooting right now, or is it out already? Or I think they're making like a TV show on Disney Plus. Yeah. Mighty Ducks was my number six. 
I mean, I got it with the sixth pick, so we're yeah. on on, uh, on Bell Kuyper's big board. We're, we're exactly <laughs> we're exactly in the right so we're spot. Mi- we're missing Matt's fifth pick, but so right. I assume Hook yeah. was your fourth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, shoot. Okay. I have to do this. I, I'm not a huge fan. Oh shit! I might take. Nah, man. I missed another one. <laughs> Dude, does that get back to me on the next one? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna assume it might. Okay. Um, Is it so, animated? No, no, that's what I'm trying to choose between. I'm going to take my favorite animated Disney classic, 1994's G-rated The Lion King. (laughs) That was my top Disney. Yeah, that's my top Disney, too. Great soundtrack on that, too. Oh, yeah. I've seen that one recently, too, and it's so good. I still haven't seen the live action one. I kind I, of I watched part of it and did not like it. Okay, so I yeah. kind of was like, I feel like I'm going to be disappointed. Yeah. Now. <laughs> yeah. So Lion King, that was my definitely my next pick. I love the Lion King. Uh, one of my best friends has a bunch of like Lion King themed tattoos. Oh really? <laughs> Sweet. I um, maybe that's part of where my lion tattoo also came from because I was like. I had like Lion King sheets. I had like Lion King everything when that came out. <laughs> that that was well. I mean, that's like right in your wheelhouse. That's with '94. It's uh, that thing survived so, like, for like solid years when it came out. Yeah. So yeah. So you yeah you were probably yeah you were like that was like that's right when you like her. yeah I can see that. <laughs> that soundtrack still is like that might be yeah. the best. That might be if we did a draft of best movie and soundtrack. That both happen to be good. That would definitely be in my top five. Yeah, totally. Really good soundtrack. I had it on cassette tape. Heck yeah, I had it on cassette and CD, and I think I have it on vinyl. To be honest with you, Ooh. I have to go dig through my vinyls. But I think I, I have it on vinyl. Look it up on vinyl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Matt, we're on to your third pick, the eighth overall selection. This, this might be another curveball. It's a sports one. <sighs> Hopefully, it's not the one I want. <laughs> Not what you would typically think of as a sports movie. Another, I believe, Disney classic, Cool Runnings. Oh, it's on, it was on my list. I love – I haven't seen – so this is one that I haven't seen as an adult, so I'm not sure how it – It holds up. It holds up. It's great. Movie as a kid. Holds up. And um, – Watch that soon. It's probably on Disney Plus or something. It's got to be yeah. for sure. I put it on. Um, I put it as the last one on my. It was down at the bottom of my list. I didn't rank. I didn't rank mine traditionally. Okay. Um, I put it, and I was like, I got to check this out. I was like, I was afraid that was going to be a PG thirteen movie. Mm-hmm. But I was like, mm, maybe because I knew. I think there is some light cursing in it. But there is a little bit. <laughs> I see pride. I see power. I see a badass mother who won't take no crap off of nobody. Yeah, yeah. That's that's right. Probably the extent of the. Um, <laughs> They're like, listen, you're on the line. One more, and you're... No, yeah, yeah. Cool Runnings was definitely. I was taking. I I thought I was gonna get that with the last pick. To be honest with you, I was like, maybe they'll forget. That, that. that was one of John Candy's last movies, right? It was John Candy, legit. Yeah, yeah. John, by the way, that's two John Candy movies for you, right? Uh, he's in, oh no, he's in Home Alone one. So actually, Jim's got well, I drafted him though. Oh, you were talking about Matt's picks. Yeah, yeah I, have... I thought you meant overall. Candy. So, with animated Disney movies from like that time period, I Toy Story is a Disney movie too, right? I know it's Pixar. So it was one A and one B. There was Lion King and Toy Story. So whatever one I didn't get, I was taking the other one. So this would be Toy Story. 
That was yeah. that was on my list for sure. Uh, my, I think that was my second like animated Disney. So as like a young kid, I remember there were like three movies I had on like rotation, like wake up in the morning and one of them was going in. It was <laughs> Lion King, Toy Story, and growing up semi near Chicago, I was a big basketball fan at that time. So my <laughs> absolutely loved Space Jam. Oh, I, man. Damn. And like I'm a big I was a big IU. I mean I still am. I just don't follow as much as I used to. Being a big IU basketball fan, Indiana University, finding out that Eric Gordon played Michael Jordan's son in that movie was just oh. blew my mind. The NBA player? Yeah. Oh shit, did not did not realize That's that. Awesome. Aren't they making a reboot of that with like LeBron or something? Yeah. yeah. I'll watch it. I'm skeptical. Yeah. I'll be honest. I'll be honest with you. I feel better about a LeBron James reboot of Space Jam than any reboot they're going to try to make yeah, a Sam not. For sure. <laughs> I, yeah, I, don't, I don't really know why. Maybe it's just like the magic of the the cast of the original Sandlot that I, yeah. I don't think you can capture that again. For um, sure. But I agree with you. Yeah, I, th- I I feel better about a Space Jam reboot. Yeah, it's weird. I like that because, like, uh, Sam, yeah, Sandlot is like is definitely like. I don't think you could replace any person in that movie, and it'd be mm-hmm. the same movie for yeah. some. It does feel like that though, for sure. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, Matt, we're under your fourth round pick, number eleven overall. Oh, which right. is typically where my Lions draft because they try to win a couple games at the end of the year. I okay. I don't know if I want to want to be the first to do like well i guess we've done home alone one and two so i may as well i'll do it okay another sports one because the sports movies in the 90s were just incredible i'm going great, to great era two oh yeah which one mighty ducks two okay was how i learned from that movie i learned that greenland it's full of ice and ice <laughs> and and matt i'm about to ruin your life with okay. this I lived in Iceland, and it's not green, and it is not fucking green. <laughs> Pretty like vol- like black volcanic rock, right? Yeah. yeah. So, so it's funny. It is green, but like uh, people are like, "Oh, it doesn't." Literally, I, for the rest of my life, I lived there when I was five, so in nineteen eighty-eight, eighty-nine, before the Mighty Ducks came out and ruined. Mm-hmm. So yeah. when it came, so when it came out, I remember, I remember being in school and people were like, "Oh, Greenland's Greenland's ice, and Iceland's yeah. green," and I'm like, "Greenland's ice, and Iceland is ice." Like. <laughs> It's it is green, but it's like like I mean like we had cement um, like bus stops because I literally watched a kid at five get lifted up by the wind and thrown forty feet. Like it was wow. rolling whiteouts, you couldn't see your hand in front of your face. Like so, I'm like it's a little misleading, but okay, that's good to know. So I don't continue to make an ass of myself. So so nobody will know. <laughs> Random tones out there that know, but other than that, you're fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's like there's like ten of us kids that like literally lived in Iceland as kids, because <laughs> that military base is gone. So like no one else is over there. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, my dad chose that over fucking Hawaii. Thanks. <laughs> I mean, both are places that I I've never been that I would like to visit at some yeah. point. But as far as like a place to live, definitely Hawaii is. It's Hawaii cooler. Awesome. It's cooler now though, because I like I lived in Iceland. Less people have lived in Iceland yeah. than Hawaii, but and actually, like ironically enough, I graduated with a girl I went to kindergarten with in Iceland. Like okay. we were both military brats. It was a strange small world yeah. kind of thing. Um, so I'm gonna go back just because I feel like I got gypped by not getting my baseball movie that I wanted. Thanks, Jones. 
Um, so I'm gonna take I'm, I'm gonna take the second best baseball movie of the '90s and go with Rookie of the Year. Oh yeah, that's the one where his arm just like went would go like right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Rookie of the Year, great movie, great movie. I was I I still would have wanted Sam up, but I'll take Rookie of the Year. I'll take it. Um, for him playing for the Cubs, it's still a pretty good movie. I was right. just about to ask who he played for. I was thinking it was Dodgers for some reason. But Same colors-ish. Dodgers is uh, Sandlot. Uh, Benny the Jet plays. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. Why, yeah, why haven't they even played for like, the Brewers or some shit? Like, they always pick good teams, like historical <laughs> good teams. For yeah. them, whatever. Um, yeah, it was a great movie. Also has uh, the dude from the Wet Bandits in it as well. I can't think of his actual oh, name. Oh, yeah. The dude, the, the, what is that dude's name? Yeah, Daniel Stern, yeah. Skinny, skinny dude. Yeah, he was. Yep, he was great in that movie. Um, shoot, so I got two picks left, but I get the wrap here. Oh man, actually, there's another good baseball movie I should took, but um, <laughs> mother trucker. Uh, I know what I'm going with with my last pick because I know no one's gonna take it. Um, let's see. I, I'm gonna go with a little off the beat. No, I can't do that either. Oh Jesus, this is so tough. I want them all. Um. Okay, I'm gonna do. Uh, yeah, I'm just gonna go baseball because I love baseball. I'm gonna take the uh, the third best baseball movie of the '90s, and I'm gonna take Angels in the Outfield. Jonathan Gordon Levitt, Matthew McConaughey, a small role in that movie as well. Wait, he was? Yeah, he's the he's the outfielder that gets picked up by the Angels and makes the crazy catch in the outfield. Okay, Matthew McConaughey, Tony Danza. Can't go wrong with Tony Danza. I mean, <laughs> so Angels in the Outfield, man. It wasn't on my list, but I think it's just because I, I didn't think of that one. It probably would have been on my list had I thought about it. Yeah, I uh yeah, that's I I'm a, like I said, I'm a sucker for baseball movies, but I mean yeah. And because of that movie, every time I see uh, a crescent moon, a little child's voice inside of me goes, It's God's thumbnail. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's so weird the things you pick up from like random stuff. I know. Like, like I, I, although I, that does crack me up thinking, like, if you were ever, like, just on a walk with your wife and you saw it and you made that voice exactly just now and, it, like, her looking at you like, what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> that's, you know what I that's, a, that's what my wife would do to me. She probably knows it, too. But she, <laughs> she'd be like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> so we are on uh, number 14, the uh, fifth round pick of Matt Hires. All right, man. I have a lot. I'm... Trying to decide which way to go here because I only have two left. Um, I'm gonna go just because of what I just said. I think my most quoted movie as a kid, the one I would just was probably so obnoxious quoting constantly was Dennis the Menace. Um, so I'm gonna take I'm gonna take that one. That's a good one. I could probably like. At least chunks of that movie still watch it to this day and be able to like recite it. <laughs> that's a good, such a good movie, and it's a, and that's a, also one of those. Um, it's one of the weird ones because I read the comics, like did you yeah, read the comics? Mm -hmm. And like I remember being like a kid. I don't know. I can't remember what year that was that was made, but like because um, I didn't I didn't put it on my list because I knew I, I didn't think I was gonna I was gonna have to go that deep. Um, mm -hmm. But it's such a good movie too. It was uh, deep on mine, but I, I convinced myself because I quote, I quote yeah. it so much. It's like there's too many good options. That's the problem. Is uh, but uh, but like I remember being like 
that was my probably one of the first movies I was like, I don't think that's gonna be good. Why is that? Like, don't make a live action movie. And it turned out to be really good. Yeah. Like so, yeah. That was probably one of my first ones where I was like, please don't make that movie. <laughs> but. So I didn't quite have the extensive list that you guys had, so I've been like scrolling through looking at stuff. <laughs> and, uh, he's doing he's he's like uh, he's like the Lions GM. He's just doing research. Yeah, I'm scrolling through. <laughs> I'm coming across movies rated PG, and it just it blows my mind that like when I think of PG or G movie, like it should just automatically be a kids movie. But it's like some of these aren't I wouldn't consider kids movies. Like, <laughs> I, I my wife got me to watch Father of the Bride and it's fantastic, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't call it a kids movie and it's PG. That's a PG movie. Yeah, hmm. but I, I'm not gonna pick it because I wouldn't count that as a kids movie. Yeah, yeah. I'm like uh, like October Sky is PG. Like there's just I've never like, seen that. So it's a pretty good movie. We watched it like in school all the time for some reason. Hmm. Uh, that's the one with Jake Gyllenhaal, in it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I got super excited when we were talking about baseball movies that I thought I was going to sneak one in, but it was I feel the dreams was 1989. Oh, oh, man. So my, yeah. another baseball movie I thoroughly enjoy was, you know, I forgot I wasn't picking that one. So disregard, I'm sure you can figure out which one it is. I, I always liked the little giants. I haven't seen oh, it. Yeah. Either, but the, little giants, the little giants was great. It's on my list. Well, you can have the baseball movie. I'm not going to pick. What's his name? What's the dude's name? He was the Honey, I Shrunk the Kid's Dad. Uh, Rick, Rick, Rick Moranis. Rick Moranis. Yeah. Yeah. Honey, I Shrunk the Kid's is a great movie, too. Ooh, when did those come out? I didn't even look those. <laughs> I'll be a thousand percent. I didn't look at those up either. I should have. Probably. I this... Oh, sorry. 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 Oh, no, you're good. Uh, 1989, the first one came oh, out. Nice. I have IMDb open on my phone. I was going to say, I don't think I would take Honey, I Blew Up the Kids. Right. Exactly. I would take Shrunk, but not. Yeah. Blue. Yeah, so I'm with you. And I'm, I'm going to guess Gems has never seen either one of them. I've seen Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Okay, okay. I've probably seen the other one, too. They used to run them on Disney Channel and stuff. Probably. Uh, so my last pick is another sports movie. But, because, uh, you know, being a kid that loves sports growing up, that was mainly what I watched. I, own, I remember owning this on VHS and then a couple other varieties of it, but the first one was the best one. The basketball dog, Airbud. <laughs> I've never seen any of the Airbud movies. Yeah, I've seen only Airbud. That's the only one I've seen. Is the first one. There's like where he plays football and soccer. There's Air, a ton of them. Airbud came out '96, seven, I think. This does. '97. So maybe I don't know. I was trying to think like why I wouldn't have watched it. Maybe I thought I would have been like 11, and maybe I was starting to feel like, oh, I'm too old. To <laughs> right. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, no, because I that definitely was like I I know I'm a little bit older, so I was like I was definitely like a dog, really. Come yeah. on, <laughs> the, the, the dog could ball. What can what I say? Doing? What are we doing here? Like, but by the way, I also love space jams where there's monsters, so that's kind of stupid. So yeah. <laughs> go figure. So so actually, so I like to recap after after we all pick uh, all of our things. So like, uh, Gems has now finished his his list. He has Home Alone, The Sandlot, Toy Story. Space Jams, Little Giants, and Air Bud, which is also to be honest, to be honest, I would watch a I would watch a movie marathon of all six. Of them. Yeah, I would too. That's a good that's a good list. Legit. So, so Matt, you're down to your last pick. Yeah, I have one, two, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. No, six options. 
Um, and we we will talk about we can talk about all of the uh, near misses afterwards. Yeah. That's what we did. It's I'm fun. going. Um, I'm going free Willie. Going free Willie. I'm doing it. Free Willie. You just made you just classic, made my- classic Michael Jackson song from the soundtrack. Still an awesome song. Yeah, has like twelve key changes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. You actually just made my like last pick slightly easier. That was, okay. that was one. That's a great movie though. That's also also one though. I don't know if I would go uh, past Free Willy one though. Oh um, yeah, I don't think I've seen any of the other ones, but I don't really def- definitely sh- definitely shouldn't definitely yeah. shouldn't. Um, so I have now. I am down to shoot. I'm down to like three solid options. I definitely have like seven on my thing that it could all feasibly be picked, but I'm down to three. There's one that I really want to take, but it's really down to like, I think two, both of them are 1992 movies. They're both PG. I'm going to go with, and this might be totally off the wall, but since you are, I'm, I'm literally taking it for two reasons. One, there's Christian Bales in it. Two, it's a musical movie. Uh-huh. So we have a musical guest. I'm taking 1992's Newsies. Newsies. Another, I've never seen Newsies. I feel like it's fucking good. That's one I really should put on my list. Definitely good. Definitely. <laughs> Christian Bale mm-hmm. dancing and singing. Definitely one. Yeah. I want to check that out. Yeah. Damn. I knew uh, I could. I, I kind of figured I could get that as my last pick, but. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's like that's a great one. Um. So. You have what? I've seen a surprisingly large number of these movies. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so let me recap again because I think I forgot to do it after Matt's. Uh, Matt has Home Alone 2, Hook, Cool Runnings, Mighty Ducks, Dennis the Menace, and Free Willy, which I think is a solid, solid. I would also watch yeah. that with Mary Mighty, Duck Mighty Ducks 2. Mighty Ducks 2. Oh, yeah. Mighty Ducks 2. That's right. I forgot to add the two. I have two sequels in mine. Yeah, you do have two sequels in yours. That is correct. And you started off with a sequel, too. Matt Hires, big sequels guy. <laughs> big sequels guy. Big sequels guy. Um, and then I have The Nightmare Before Christmas, The Mighty Ducks Original, The Lion King, Rookie of the Year, Angels in the Outfield, and Newsies. Nice. So, I think I have the only McConaughey and Christian Bale movies, though, so I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> but so Matt, what, what did you what did you have on your near misses? Oh, so let's see what I had. Um, Homeward Bound, definitely it was on my list. Yeah, one that I think that I I it came out in the nineties. I never saw till I was an adult. But I think it's that's the only reason I didn't choose it because I think it may have been one of the. It was probably the best animated movie to come out in the nineties. The Iron Giant. Oh, I haven't. I didn't put it on my list, but I almost did. I was like, ah. I think. That, I mean, seeing it as an adult, like I, I think I cried. Like it's an incredible yeah. movie. Also, um, an underrated Vin Diesel movie too. Ooh, what's he the the Iron, Iron Giant? Giant? Yeah, yeah. Vin Diesel. Um, so I had that Homer Bound, um, White Thing. Yeah. With um, what's his name? Uh what's it called? White Finn. White Fang about the um the wolf or whatever. So, okay. Ethan Hawk. Ethan Hawk. Yes. yes, I was trying to think of who that dude was. <laughs> um, Jumanji. I have that on my list. Yeah, I thought at one point I was like I might just go all Robin Williams movies. Ooh, I was gonna go all Mary Kate and Ashley movies because I thought. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, my last one was a kind of a curveball, but just one that I really loved as a kid was The Rescuers Down Under. Oh yeah, it's a great movie. It's a yeah. great movie. Rescuers Down Under. So I had a couple. I had a couple other ones that that you didn't list. I'll just knock them out. Uh, the Indian in the Cover. Great. Yeah, that's great a great movie. Um, it wasn't. I wasn't quite good enough to make a top. I was like, if we go deep, deep, and my picks get taken, I, gems, gems. Luckily, didn't take like the the ones that I thought he would take. Um, Little Aladdin. Aladdin. Mm. Great, great movie. Yeah. I only wanted one Disney movie though. I'm not a big Disney like guy, but Aladdin's a legit one. Uh, heavyweights. Robert Williams one. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that's true. All right, what was the one you just said? I missed it. He- heavyweights. I've actually. Yeah, that's one I haven't seen. It's good. It's worth. Ben, it's worth a watch. Ben Stiller's in that one, right? Yep, Ben Stiller's in that. So is half the cast of Mighty Ducks, to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then my last two, which were, it was between Newsies and these two. Uh, first was Blank Check. Ah, uh, that's a. That's one I don't think would hold up watching it now, but I love that. Movie. I don't think so either, because I think the blank check was for a million dollars. I don't think you could feasibly get what that kid got for a yeah, I don't think you could even get his house, because didn't he buy like a castle or something? <laughs> yeah, and he had like a slide. So yeah, Maybe in the 90s, you could buy a castle for a million. <laughs> and then my last one uh, was uh, Three Ninjas. I love uh, it. That was one I thought about. Yeah, I thought about putting on mine too. It's so hard because there's so many. That's family. Rocky loves <laughs> exactly. What were the names Rocky, Tum Tum, um, and uh, what was the third one? Uh, oh, um, Colt, right? Yeah, yeah, Colt. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I forgot that one. Yeah, that's. But yeah, I mean, Matt Hires uh, might be. I will. I'll go out on limb. We've let I think everybody choose. Well, we picked pizza ingredients. Okay. We we let. Um, we let Jason kind of pick comedians, sort of, and then um, wrestling. We kind of like I, you were the first one that like really like picked picked. I think this is going to okay. be the format. We're definitely going to like let the guests. I think full blown pick something they have I'm, full passion on. I'm glad we did this one. I think the two options I sent you originally were the '90s movies and then um, like potato chips. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which I still think would be a good one, but I, I have some strong feelings about some chips. But I think <laughs> we would have been better if the Matt, you and I may have been a smidge like uh, <laughs> Tone might have had the upper hand on that one. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Um, uh, yeah, no, but that was that was awesome. And as, I, honestly, the uh, off the wall, like, did I wouldn't have even thought of that as a category. I don't know how you like pulled that from your brain, but like, <laughs> I, I honestly don't either. <laughs> definitely, definitely was like the most solid choice I've ever seen. So uh, awesome. that's gonna that's gonna be that's gonna be a super fun one. Uh, yeah, that's a that, that was a great draft, and I'm gonna go probably watch a zillion movies in the next like couple of weeks. Well, Matt, we we appreciate you coming on. I mean, honestly, I could have probably talked to you for another three hours. That's just how our podcast goes. Uh, oh, I, I say this to almost everybody. I think I've said this to everybody. Uh, open invite if you ever want to come back on. If you ever have anything to promote, let us know. Okay. Definitely, definitely want to want to push that out. And uh, we always love talking to people. So, um, gems, anything you want to finish with? No, we appreciate you coming on. It's awesome. I'm, yeah, I'm awesome. now after Tone introduced me. I yeah, he's like check him out. I said okay. <laughs> it's the best. Part, it's the best part of this podcast. We get to. We both have like a lot of similarities, but we have some differences. So he's yeah. introduced me to some stuff. I've introduced him to some stuff, and and uh, yeah, it's been it's been an awesome back and forth. So uh, 
get anywhere close, we'll, we'll, we'll come see you. And uh, I guess everyone, thank you for listening. And uh, we, oh, I did almost forget. I want everybody to be able to find you. So where can everybody find you? Um, I mean, uh, all my, on social media, it's just Matt Hires on everything. Um, my, I'm on Spotify. My last name is spelled H-I-R-E-S if anyone needed help with that. But yeah, <laughs> all the streaming services, all the social medias. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely go, yeah, go find Matt. He's a great follow and also uh, makes incredible music. So uh, thanks everybody for listening and uh, we will see you guys next time.